right, let's do it. Welcome to another episode of the Whack'em and Pack'em Podcast, baby. Yeah, dude. You guys, hold on to your chairs, buckle down, turn your radio up, because today, is a good one, dude. It is a freaking good one. I am super pumped to get this guy on. Dude, he is a freaking, like, brother to me, dude. Buddy, friend, mentor. This guy, he's an all-in-one kind of guy, dude. We're going to get into him in a minute, dude. But, woo I got a few shout-outs to uh, some people that I know. What? This guy, Matt Drake from Idaho, dude. Yeah, check this guy out, dude. He got down, taking down a jet black Idaho brewing bear. This guy... He's not an ordinary guy in Idaho. He's training all year long, dude. He's freaking, you can bait in that state, luckily, you know. You, so in Idaho, you can bait. And this guy's a bait master, dude. This guy literally works all year long. And it pays off today, dude. He shot himself a sick, oh, a, a sick black, 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 bruising bear. Yeah. Woo-hoo-hoo. Hey, also... Big shout out to my man out there, Cam McDonald, dude. Holy shit, this guy, oh my God. He drew a Wyoming tag. So he travels with Josh. They travel out 13, 14 hours straight, dude. He gets out, he's already, like, he got a tag. Big shout out to Cam, dude, because he shot himself a warrior The base of these horns were six and a half inches, dude. He shot a tank of a tank, dude. Big ups, baby. Woo, woo. Yeah. And also my uncle. I got to give my uncle some props. Taking down a D11 local buck. Oh, yeah. Dude, it literally was like a three by two. Nice though for these local mountains back out here. And he got like 140 pounds of meat. Yeah, you know. He's a biggie, baby, when you get that. <laughs> yeah. Hey, also, I want to take a minute to thank my sponsors out there. I know I'm just rambling on, just going on. I know you guys are all waiting because you're already seeing the upload, who this guy is. You know, you, you guys are listening to it right now. You know who it is already. <laughs> you're probably grinding at your teeth like you did some meth or something, dude. Oh, dude, just hold on. Woo! Check out my man, Drew, Wild Edge, Inc. Yeah, the OG, baby, the OG of saddles. Check these guys out. Veteran-owned, in-house-owned. My man, Ryan Davis, teaming up with them. Oh, my God. Everybody, we are bringing the saddle to the West Coast. There's going to be a West Coast package, the whole gig, baby. If you guys want to elevate your game, I mean, I mean elevate, guys, because you know what? I've had tree stands. I've got a sick tree stand from another guy. I mean, yeah, dude. I always thought, ah, not the saddle, not the saddle, not the saddle, until I tried the saddle. And I'm telling you right now, it's a game changer. I've been literally able to move from tree to tree and small trees where you can't get a stand in. And if you did get a stand in, you look like a sore thumb out there when the sun's hitting you. You know, ah! 
Not with a saddle, because, dude, you literally can rotate around this tree 360, okay? You can put these wild-end steps all around this tree, because you know what? He has packages. They have eight. They have 10. They have 12. You can get your step needs, baby, from Wild Edge. Check it. Check it. You could be in a tree, guys, swinging around this tree, and these animals literally, they come right under you without you knowing. Because they, you don't stick out like a sore thumb. Check these guys out. WildEdgeInc.com. That's their website. Ah, check them out, baby. Ooh. Let's do it. Also, check out Mountain Bound Hunt Coat. Oh, my Lord, dude. You dog-loving guys out there. These guys got the new state-of-the-art kennels, dude. And I'm telling you, these kennels, oh, my gosh. Yeah, if they make a bigger one, I'll live in one. They got freaking everything you need. LEDs, USB, freaking little mini air mattresses. Oh, Lord almighty. They got these shed hangers, coat hangers. I mean, yeah. They're really shed hangers, guys, but I'm just saying you you don't shed hunt. You can get a, your hat or your your coat. You can do something. Yeah. <laughs> Check them out. Also, dude, Las Vegas, baby. Woo! December 6th and 17th. Boof, two, three, two, zero, zero. Oh, it's the Cowboy Christmas, baby. Come out. Lasso your goddamn. Get a candle, baby. Get something. Come by. Say hi. The Whack'em and Pack'em podcast. We will be there. This is your host, Chad Pillar, and my man, Dwight. He just couldn't make it today because it's his son's birthday. By the way, happy 21st, Zach. We love you, my man. But when this guy called me up yesterday and said he had time to time for the Walk'em and Pack'em podcast, you 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 don't take no, you book it. And here it is. Oh my lord. The guy that invented the scene and he's backs every little bit of it. Raw, real, no bullshit. Oh. What's up, Garrett? Modern assassin, baby. Yeah. <laughs> How you doing, brother? How you doing, man? I'm Glad doing... to be here on the Wackham and Packham. Hell yeah, dude. Oh, I'm so... dude. I am like super overly stoked. Oh my gosh. And the thing I'll it... tell you what, dude, I, I don't know like how anyone can feel your energy and not be and, and just for everyone listening to this shit, you hear Chatterpillar talking. This is not a show. This is not a fake personality he's putting on. No, this is him for fucking real. This is all real, no bullshit. Caterpillar energy all the fucking time, bro. And I miss you. I, I haven't seen oh, you in a while. God. We didn't get to catch up at turkey season this year. It's It's been too fucking long, man, for real. I know. You know what? We Oh, I know. Gosh. Oh, man, dude. Yeah, I miss you too, dude. Oh, you, Holly, dude. You guys are killing it, by the way. Woo! Hey, I didn't add you to the shout-out because we're going to talk about it. So that's even more shout-out of the shout-out. You know what I mean? <laughs> Let's get it. Let's get Woo! it. So my man, Garrett, this guy, everybody, when you guys, this guy talks, you listen. Because, dude. He's a book of knowledge, dude. This guy knows, like, everything, by the way. Like, every time we talk about something, I'm like, damn, it's like something new every time with you. You know that, dude? <laughs> that, that, my, my girlfriend tells me that all the time. She's like, every day I learn something new from you. I don't like it. I just don't know how every single day you can be teaching me something new. 
Um, I always say I'm an encyclopedia of useless information. I don't know what the fuck I did yesterday or what I got to do tomorrow. And tell you all kinds of random ass shit. You know what I mean? Right, right. Hey, so my man, how old is it when you first started getting out hunting? Ah, uh, very young, dude. Like as young as I can remember, really. I was, uh, you know, my father didn't hunt, my mother didn't hunt, but my grandfather did. And um, man, I was that kid. I was out like taking the strings out of my shoe to tie it to a stick and make a bow and trying to go shoot frogs by the creek when I was like <laughs> three years old. I'm not even kidding. I, that's just what I love to do. I, I made my own little king fishing poles. Um, I guess it's a good place to tell you, too. I, I grew up in uh, that was called the Susquehanna Trails in Pennsylvania by the Susquehanna River, and it was called the Trails because there was no road. We didn't have mail service. We didn't have trash service. That It was trail. Some of my neighbors didn't have electricity and running water. So um, I started, you know, living life kind of pretty fucking backwood, you know? <laughs> Fuck, you sound like you're in a little village. <laughs> Shit. Dude, it, I mean, we were just a little fucking trail, <laughs> you know? <laughs> Shut up. Hey, hey, let's go hiking, guys. We hiked in four miles. I'm like, oh, shit, it's a whole community back here. <laughs> <laughs> Holy it's become shit. more gentrified now, you know, but, uh, <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's so hilarious, my dude. Hey, so you, so you happen to have, that would, I, you probably don't, and this is probably dumb I'm asking, but I'm going to ask it anyway. Do you still have that little poll that you made? I still have uh, not the first one I made, but the first one that my grandfather gave me that uh, had a cool little metal insert piece so I could take it down. So I was in this three foot tall little shit walking around with a nine foot rod whacking it into everything. This way, this way, I had a rod I could break down into two four foot sections. You know what I mean? Oh. And yes, I do still have that old little cane pole, man. Yeah. Do you ever try to like bust it out once in a while or no? I mean, does I it don't, work? But you know, yeah. I mean, it's just it's a simple, just a little cane pole, you know, and still works. Um, and uh, my grandfather passed away a couple years ago, and I have some of his fishing rods at my cabin and stuff like that now as as memorabilia. But you know, kind of like to answer your first question, I was, you know, I was probably. Six years old when I went on my first deer hunt with, with my grandfather and uncles. And um, ever since then, I, I was just addicted to it. You know, by, by 10 years old, my, I, I had my own shotgun and, and was out there after it. So, you know, started started pretty young, even though it wasn't uh, my parents weren't hunters. Uh, I got to spend time with my grandfather and my uncles. So, you you hunted you hunted you were hunting deer with a shotgun. Yeah, yeah, oh. that's how it started. And honestly, um, a lot of times we'd go out deer hunting, and I don't want. I'm a I'm a kid. I don't want to just sit here and sit still and wait for a deer. I want to go run around the woods with my shotgun. You know. <laughs> so a lot of times. 
they'd be on one side of the road sitting patiently waiting for deer, and I'd be on the other side running around blasting squirrels out the trees and rabbits out the brush. You know what I mean? Um, and this is back. In, I, this is back in PA. Uh, no, that actually, I I, li- I moved to Maryland when I was five, when uh, five. so not terribly far away. Where where I live now, I'm I'm only like 15 minutes from the PA line. Oh. Um, so I got family in Maryland, and I got family right in Pennsylvania, and same distance apart drive time. You know what I mean? Hey, so uh, do you do you watch football? I used to be big in football. Who, who, and, who was your team? Was it, was uh, I it am Baltimore? a Steelers fan, bro. You know, I, you know, yeah. fucking born and raised and ain't shit changed. But, uh, uh yeah, you know. See, I knew it. Oh, black and gold, baby. Oh, oh man. Yeah. yeah. Fuck Baltimore. I got some Raven I, fans. <laughs> dude, I believe me. I'm surrounded by them. And, uh, yeah, fucking Steelers is where it's at. <laughs> My very first fight. I got into like real fight was because of Steelers, believe it or not, when I was in like fucking like fifth grade or some shit. I don't know if this is the podcast to get into all that. <laughs> I had a brand new starter jacket and someone fucked with it. And, um, you know, probably a Cleveland Brown fan. <laughs> Threw some hands as a five-year-old, <laughs> ten-year-old, fifth grade, whatever the fuck. Oh, All right, so back to you running around shooting shotguns, killing squirrels, rabbits, crows, birds. When when did you kill your first big game, dude? So I had uh, it was right before I started driving. Um, I killed my first doe with a shotgun out there with my grandfather opening day one morning. Um, and you know, I, I loved it. It was a, it was blast. Uh, I really enjoyed it, but, uh, and I, I would kill, you know, a doe here and there over the next couple of years. But at that time, when I started driving, I'm also now more interested in partying and girls than I am at getting up early in the morning and going deer hunting and stuff. So I didn't hunt as much and everything. And, um, it wasn't until I was in college, oh, shit. um, that I, I needed something to do besides just party and chase girls. I needed something to what school were you uh, going to kind of get me uh, Frostburg out in Western Maryland, Frostburg State University. Uh, oh, I graduated with a degree in uh, environmental analysis and planning. It doesn't surprise um, me. <laughs> <laughs> so. I uh I, I needed something to do again besides just party. You know what I mean? Uh, I was in a little tiny mountain town with college kids and but I was in a absolutely beautiful part of the world, man. The the Appalachian Mountains, the rivers are right there. It's half an hour and I'm in West Virginia, 20 minutes I'm in Pennsylvania, you know, uh it, it just a beautiful area so um that's when i decided i i wanted to get serious about getting a bow so 
I had always just played with recurves and hand-me-down bows for my cousin. I'm a hell of a shot, traditional shooting and just playing around, you know. Really. And uh, but this is when I decided I wanted to get a bow. So I was in college and I spent about 250 bucks, I think, on a bow. Spent probably another 150 bucks setting it up, and um, I killed my first deer uh, with a bow. In uh, uh, when I in when I was in college, and um, that literally how it went down is what gave me an entire new uh, charge and uh, adrenaline and just uh, respect it and calling for for nature and hunting. So when you shot that deer, you were actually in college still. Yeah, yeah. I uh So were you living on campus or uh, did you have your own guy, house? I uh, I was uh I had just moved off campus. Um and a guy I was friends with had some property about 45 minutes away from there. Mm. And uh not knowing shit, I went out there and this is a completely new environment hunting uh, you know, it, it, this was on the steepest, uh, and tallest mountain in Maryland. So it's way different than the ag country that I'm kind of used to here. We got rolling hills and creek and ag, and, uh, it's just, it's just a lot different out there. But, um, I had deer come underneath of me, but it was too dark. And, so the night, and I didn't know shit about the wind or any or scent control at this time. You but know? you're in a, you're in a tree so, stand. Yeah, I borrowed a tree stand from another guy <laughs> and went to another guy's property. All I had was a bow and some fucking camo, and I'm like, let's do this. Um, and uh, I I went back there. You know, I think it was like four or five days later when when I got out of class early one day. And I went right back to where I saw those deer and basically just followed their trail backwards. You know, I was like, well, they came down the hill. I'll go there and I'll just follow the trails backwards up the hill. And that's pretty much what I did until I got to uh, a spot where there was some oak trees. And there was just so much shit everywhere that I was like, well, they're clearly spending a lot of time here. And uh, I had two does come in early, and they came right in to about only five to ten yards from me. And I was holding drawn back for, for quite a while, waiting for the one to step out behind the tree. And finally, the other did, and I was like, you know what, I'm shooting this one. It was only like five yards away, and I... Lowered my bow, I sent the arrow, and I watched my arrow go right over its back. And I watched that deer run away, and I was like, son of a bitch. All that practice, all this time, you know, all that excitement, and I just where would you, it where up. Would you, where turned, would you practice at, G? Like, so where would you go? This is a cool story, too. Yeah, this is a cool story, too. There's a guy uh, that... And a lot of people listening to this podcast will recognize the name, Jesse Broadwater. Uh, Jesse Broadwater is now a very well-known uh, tournament shooter, like one of the best. 
Um, everybody's familiar with this guy uh, in the archery industry. You know what I mean? And I was going to his shop when I believe he was only about 15 years old. It was him and his father in a double wide trailer out in the middle of the fucking woods. They lived one trail. One half of the trailer was a teeny little bow shop with some gear. And the other half of the double wide trailer was a 20 yard range. Wow. And that is where I learned to shoot. And I actually had one of the world's best archers set up my first bow and teach me how to shoot, which is, uh, you know, looking back at it now, it's just kind of crazy. You, you know what I mean? But yeah, I would just drive about 15 minutes out of town. Is that guy and, still and go alive? To this. Uh, yeah, Jesse Broadwater. Yeah, man. Like I said, he was only 15 years old, uh, back then. You know, now he, he's, he's, he's in the circuit, in the tournament, shooting with the best of the best. Um, oh, uh, awesome dude. Yeah. Oh, yeah, man. His father, his father had the shop. But, um, you know, Jesse was 15, 16 years old, was a hell of a shooter at that time, too. But, you know, um, and, yeah, and they opened up G their own time? teeny little place. How old were you? Uh, I was 19. So you, oh, maybe, uh, you, maybe 20. Okay. So we'll say, we'll say 20. You're five years older than that dude, right? Did, when yeah, you went in there, so that. did somebody refer you to go to this little hole in the wall, first of all? Did anybody, how'd you find that place? It was the only thing around then, bro. You oh. know what I mean? Like where I was, I was in a teeny little mountain town and there, there was like a gun shop that sold a couple bows, but then there was this, <clears throat> I, I don't remember if it was called Frostburg Archery or what it was, but I was like, Oh no shit. There's a, 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 a little tiny archery shop just outside of town. I'll check it out. So you, and, um, so you check you know, it out. You pull in, you pull in the parking lot, dude, right? You pull in the parking lot. You go in there. You're like, doo -doo 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 -doo. I just got myself a bow. I'm, I'm putting down the booze. I'm picking up a bow. Yeah, this is it. And you walk into this shop and it's a 15 year old kid. What do you, did you think like, Oh shit, this guy, what's up? Or, or you already knew this guy was like some super shooter. Dude, I didn't know fuck all. Oh. Uh, about what I was doing. So I couldn't really judge someone else, to be honest. You know what I mean? I, and so I had no negative connotation. And honestly, it wasn't until years after I was out of college uh, and, and social media became like a big thing that I was like, Jesse Broadwater, what the fuck? Like, I saw him in a magazine <laughs> or on Instagram. I was like, no shit, that's fucking awesome. Like, that is so cool that this guy that I remember as, like, a 15-year-old kid, like, getting into archery is now sponsored by the biggest brands in the industry and shooting at the world's biggest archery tournament. Do you still have that bow? You know? Um, no, I don't. A buddy of mine does. I actually sold it to one of my college roommates oh. and he actually killed a deer with it last year. So it's needed some new strings since then, <laughs> but, uh, you know, it's only, it's only been 20 years, but he's still, he's still slaying shit with it, man. That's dope. I was thinking if you had that bow, if you ever ran into that guy, have him sign that bow, that would be like a super memory. Huh? First that, part. that would be cool as fuck, man. Yeah. 
Um, but yeah, dude. Uh, so you, you, yes, he so was he a great, set, great guy then, <laughs> and I'm sure he still is now. So he sets you up, dude. You're all stoked. Now you're out there, and you missed that. What, it was a buck, you said? No, it was two does came oh, in. Two does. And I, uh, I, I waited for him to step out from behind the tree. You know, I drew back while they were behind the tree, and it just took him forever to to give me the shot. And I actually was. He's like, well, I'm shoot. I've planned on shooting the bigger one, you know. Of course, got to shoot the big one. Um, but the smaller one stepped out first. I was like, all right, I'm shooting you, and I just shot right over its back. And you were shooting aluminum, huh? Um, yeah. No, I think that this is probably like the first first few years of carbon. Oh. Um, yeah, I'm. I think. I think this though did, I think I had carbons. Um, but it was the very first early ones. They're not the carbon arrows that we have now. That, right. That's for sure. Um, but you know, as my heart sank and I watched this deer run away, um, I just like kind of like, well, shit. And I turn around and that big doe has now run from five yards away in front of me out to 20 yards away and is standing full broadside with a tree about the size of a a, a, a Corolla <laughs> in between me and her head. Like I could have started doing jumping jacks and she wouldn't have seen me. And I was like, you gotta be kidding me. Uh-oh. So I knocked another arrow and I will never forget this. I literally drew back. And in my mind, I imagine I was in that double wide trailer shooting straight down at the bullseye that I had practiced so many times. And I sent that arrow. It went right through her. And I was like, all right, well, uh, I've shot him with a gun before. I know how to track deer. Let's get to this. And I couldn't believe it that that deer was dead within 20 yards. Um I made an absolutely perfect shot, uh, and it died quicker than most of the deer I had shot with a gun, um, which, which, which surprised me. You know, it was something new. But going out to that property, finding the deer, then finding where they were coming from so I could see them in daylight, borrowing a tree stand, practicing, doing all this myself out there in college, with, um, you know, not my uncles or my cousin or my grandfather taking me into the woods teaching me, but this, this is something new to me. And, and they weren't big into archery then. Um, that is what gave my new full-blown entire addiction to I want to be uh, a bow hunter. I want to learn archery and become proficient at at taking game with a bow and arrow. That's fucking dope, dude. So, did you did you process your own meat? I did. Yeah. That, um, so that's why I was asking if, stories if you, about that too. That's why I was going to ask you, like, yeah. you know, if you had your own place outside the door, because I was like, how the fuck did you fucking? I can see you though, Gary. If anybody knows this guy, this guy's a legit dude. 
He will take a fucking whole deer inside of a fucking campus dorm, dude, and start chomping away. <laughs> Bro, we, we had it hanging from the porch uh, out back of my out back of my place on Center Street, just to let you know how close we're located to campus. We're literally right across the street. Oh, and me and my buddy are now half drunk butchering this deer. Not. You know, I've done it before, but like I've again, I, I usually always had guidance or help, and it had been several years because I had gotten into partying and gotten away from hunting. Right. Um, so it's me and a buddy sitting out there, you know, throwing a few back, butchering this deer, hanging from my porch, and and no bullshit. There's an entire sorority of chicks that go by all dressed up, ready to go to a party. They're looking at us like, what in the fuck is going on? Like, yo, you're in a mountain town expecting <laughs> shit. <laughs> you know? Hey, they probably liked it, though, you know, up there. Yeah, they're like, dude, it, it, I had a reputation, let's just say that. People people knew me for, for one thing or another up there. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking chameleon over there. Uh, <laughs> uh, shit. Oh, son of a bitch, dude. Hey, so when when was how long did after that did you shoot your first buck, dude? Several years, many years. <laughs> um, yeah, I. Uh, Were you hunting the same property? I, deci or? I I decided that I don't know why, but I was shooting an eight pointer bigger. Right. To start and off with. Yeah. I don't know why. Uh, because I, I had been, uh, yeah, I just, I don't know why. I was like, I'm shooting an eight point or bigger. And my thought was always, well, why am I going to shoot this spike when I could shoot a big doe? I, why fill my buck tag with this spike when I can shoot a doe that's going to give me just as much meat? And then maybe I can still kill a buck, you know? And, I ate my tags every fucking year for a long time um, until I killed my first buck, which was uh, just a tiny basket rack eight point. And, and looking back now, like that deer, <laughs> he would have been a really good one <laughs> had he lived a few more years. But I mean, um, I didn't know shit then and I wouldn't change it now. Uh, you know what I mean? But um and it's funny because when I saw it, he's he's so he's so perfectly symmetrical as an eight point. When I saw him, I thought he was a half rack, and I wasn't going to shoot him. Oh. And then he actually started getting a little further away. I was like, whoa, 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 wait, wait, come back, you know, and uh, <laughs> snuck an arrow in and let him <laughs> out of the stand uh, too. Yeah, yeah. Hey, so you never on the fucking ground then, huh? Uh, when I used, <clears throat> when I was younger and I used a shotgun, yeah, I, I was mostly on the ground. Um, once I got into bow hunting, um, I have taken some deer from the ground. Um, I do occasionally set up on the ground. Um, but one of my things is also self-filming, as you know, oh, right? Yeah, we'll get into and that. And it's just, uh... <laughs> It's a lot easier, in my opinion, having a little bit of elevation and advantage mm -hmm. um, for self-filming. So, I've, yeah, I've pretty much stayed self-filming. and You know, as you know, I've, I've worked with a lot of different companies on climbing trees and 
everything else, uh, you know, um, I, I decided early. I mean, what's funny is my first bell I told you I spent 250 bucks on, right? Right. My first tree stand, uh, I spent, I think it was, it was more than that. It cost me more than my first bell. My first tree stand was a lone wolf sitting climb because I'm like, well, I can shoot a bell. I can kill a deer. I can shoot a bell and I can le- learn to shoot further. But I need to be able to get in the place I want to be able to get. And I actually still have that stand today and still do occasionally use it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Hey, so out here, dude, it's a whole nother beast, okay? First of all, all right? But Absolutely. It is. It's, it's a lot different, dude. But check it out. I, I was never, a, I was never a, a stand hunter, dude, okay? I was never a stand hunter until I fucking met Ryan, dude, and then Ryan invited me out to Ohio, dude, and I met Keith, and and these guys are, oh, dude, they have these stands all over their fucking places, right? You know, you know, you know the deal, you know the drill there, and yep, and dude, literally, like, I had to literally buy a fucking, I was fat as fuck back then, by the way, and. I literally had to buy uh, a harness, right? And I was like, oh, I need to get a harness, like a vest. I'm like, oh, dude, I don't know anything about this. So I buy this top-of-the-line harness, dude, because now we're going to go in these tree stands, right? And my first tree that this fucker takes me out is the mile high. Dude, you know that tree. (laughs) Yep, yep, I know the mile high. (laughs) Yeah, He takes me out on that tree, G, and I'm like, Oh, you got to be fucking shitting me right now, dude. We're going to climb. And this fucker, you know, if everybody knows Ryan Davis. this wonder guy, how it got the name Mile High, right? Oh, it, my <laughs> Lord. Well, this guy's like seven foot, dude. He's the white fucking Shaquille O'Neal, dude. This guy's tall. He, You see him climbing the tree, right? I mean, it's like, oh, dude, I can't. Like, when he said another bunch of steps up for me, I'm like, oh, dude, I can't even get up that fucking tree, man. That's like. I, I can't jump. It's, it, he got the long legs, you know what I mean? So we go up this this mile high, dude, and it's like, oh. And just to see the deer under the stand, I was like, holy shit, dude. This is pretty fucking cool. And then the next year I went out there, and we hunted stands again. And then, hey, dude, I borrowed stands from people out here. My first stand I bought was the freaking Lone Wolf 1-0, dude. Right. That, I remember. That was yeah, dude. That was my first stand I ever 1. bought. One and the yeah. uh and the uh the the, the uh single single. Yeah, but never right. but never we were talking about you know my weight and all that stuff and you're like, oh yeah, dude, you need a bigger platform, dude. <laughs> I was like, yeah, dude, cause I seen yours, dude. Oh my god. Right. Half your fucking foot hangs off of it. And, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, what, what's crazy, you know, and I know you kind of transitioned from tree stand into the saddle, <sighs> um, right? Yeah. And oh, shit, dude. Yeah. I did that too. And, you know, I, I was doing a lot with Drew at the time and, and Wild Edge. And I actually even named the perch. Um, but you know, I, I love Drew and, and, and the wild edge steps. Um, I, I actually, we'll, we'll talk about my use on them or my latest, uh, buck. Uh, but, um, you know, I found limitations in the saddle as well. And I told Cody on a podcast on a, on an episode of, uh, kills it. I said, uh, I, I know this sounds 
you know, kind of crazy. I said, but when that point five comes out, I'm going to use it as a saddle platform. Mm. Like I'm going to use my saddle as a glorified safety harness and hybrid hunt. I said, because my platform is four pounds. The point five is 5.5 pounds, but for uh, uh, a pound and a half heavier, I now have a seat. I have, now have a platform I can fully turn around on and it works as a frame pack for my gear. I'm like, so for the pound and a half, this is a win, win, win to me. Mm-hmm. And, um, I was actually the first one to kill a buck from the production model point five. Um, and now it's kind of, uh, crazy to hybrid hunting is kind of its own thing now. I, and I you're talking about you know Cody I mean? and like, Cody DeQuisto? Yes, yes. Okay. Because yes. I know some of these yep. listeners will be like, Cody, who? Cody, Cody. That's you not know, one of Yeah, yeah. Uh, Cody and Andre are fucking awesome. I love working with the Lone Wolf fucking guys. The, the products are second to none. The people are second to none. Um, they're my fucking people. You know what I mean? Um, they're glad to be running with them and tell you what, putting these new fucking broadheads to the test. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm more than fucking impressed, dude. Really? They, Dude, they kill different. It's uh, they. Andre says it in the video. They just kill a little different, and they do. Oh, well, we're, hey, let's, not... let's go back to your first buck first, because we're gonna get in all that. Burp, burp, burp. <laughs> right. So my that, first buck yeah. actually isn't really isn't really that crazy. It was uh, I think it was just October, and I was sitting an area where I knew there was uh, deer. Like, I it wasn't even, like, looking for a specific deer. I was just going out deer hunting. So, you know? at, at this point. Didn't po- know shit about the wind. Right. <laughs> nothing. So, at this and, point, um, at this point, G, when you're in that, that, that spot right now, are you hunting the same property? Or did you already branch out, like, from the years, like, looking for new land? And, like, because I know you. You're the go-getter kind of guy. Right. Yeah. So, this property, um, I was actually home from college and my cousin um that actually isn't one of the cousins i grew up hunting with he got into it as he got a bit older he was one of my younger cousins he started getting into it kind of the same time i did as as i was older and uh he's like hey man i got a place we could go hunt and uh, i was like cool so came home and we went out hunting we could actually see each other from you know uh each other's tree and uh, like I said, I almost let that eight point pass because I thought he was a half rack. Mm-hmm. Um, and and uh, you know, decided to take the shot. And how and far was the it. shot? Well, uh, right about eighteen twenty. You know, walking <laughs> by me broadside, it's kind of the shot you wish every deer would give you, and you know, they seldom do. <laughs> Earlier, you said, "Oh, he started walking away." I getting further away. Get back! Oh, yo, oh, he, he oh, he only went to eighteen yards, dude. Yeah, no, yeah, he he was actually like instead of being perfectly broadside, which was his closest to probably yeah eighteen yards. Um. 16, 18 yards, he started getting away from me, and I had kind of a little bit more of a quartering shot, but but he was kind of doing a little horseshoe around me a little bit. So Did you mount um, that deer? It was just funny. Uh, I have a European of it. Yeah, uh-huh. I have a European of it. And um, 
We just got the, I got the same taxidermist to do Holly's, uh, first buck. So. Oh, they're still in business. We have the same. Yeah. Yeah. He's a cool dude. Uh, he, he actually <clears throat> moved away and was a guide in Idaho for several years and just moved back to town. And I was like, Oh, no shit. You still doing taxidermy? He's like, Yep. He's like, sweet. And I'm about to take him this buck too. So, yeah. uh, so, uh, What's the difference in prices from back then to now? Oh, dude, I don't even remember what I paid because <laughs> oh, okay. it, it was just a euro amount. Oh, I, I didn't gotcha. get the, yeah, the gotcha. full amount. Yeah, just got a euro amount, and like I said, now, so I got the the skull on a little plaque, and then the same guy did a did the same exact thing, same you know kind of plaque and everything, and have my girlfriend's first buck next to it. Oh, oh, she's cool. getting a euro and then. then uh, yeah. Oh. Yeah. Hey, do they now do- her Ohio buck, you you know the buck she shot in Ohio last year. Yeah. That buck uh, was to be mounted. Uh, unfortunately, I don't know if I told you about this or not. Just in, you know, it's been a while since we've caught up. But, yeah. Um, before the Ohio crew was coming out here, you know, for for the weekend and for me to take them bow fishing and, and everything. Um, I, I pulled some stuff out of my big freezer and one of my heads shifted and bumped the freezer door just partially open. Oh. And I lost all my meat. I lost all my fish. I lost all my bait. And I had five heads in there. Uh, of those five heads, three of them were to, to be mounted. And um, all the hides had slipped except for one hide. Well, how big's so, your fucking freezer? Uh, a fucking thousand quarter? <laughs> <laughs> Dude, it's so funny. The first time my girlfriend saw it and I opened it up, she's like, holy fucking Dahmer. You know, because <laughs> it's, just, it's just heads and parts and bags packed the fuck in everywhere, you know? <laughs> but, you know, if you, if you really, um, if you really, take the whole neck and everything out and you cut it and you got just the skull, the antler and the hides and you tetris them in there, you know, it, it, you, you can fit more than you think. <laughs> yeah. But you guys don't shoot little fucking, oh, yeah. You guys are not shooting little deer though. You guys are shooting some freaking bees, dude. Like, <laughs> well, I, I tell you, dude, it, the deer, the difference between here and Ohio, um, I mean, you, you could almost think they're a different species. <laughs> like, look, like, uh, a two year old buck out there can have the body weight of a four to five year old here. It's just, you know, they, they, you know, when you get out there, the deer really are bigger. I mean, their does are bigger than, uh, body wise, uh, bigger than some of our nice bucks. Are you allowed to feed so out I, there I, in Maryland? I, yeah, we are. Yeah. Oh. Yep. Wild well, debate. Um, so mineral sites as well. So I do like to run mineral sites in the summer to, to get them early, early pictures and everything. Mm-hmm. So do you, do you run that, you do that every year in the same spot? The mineral sites. I'll put the mineral sites in the same spot. Yeah. And, and but do, you, do you guys I, throw corn out or whatever out there also? So 
I went learning how to hunt. Um, growing up, I'm watching, uh, you know, the Drurys, mm-hmm. and and I have mad respect for them. Uh, so don't think what I'm saying is in negative connotation, right? Um, I thought the way to kill big deer, kill bigger deer, right, was to have preset stands that I go to and be feeding and this and that. When in reality, I'm was hunting pieces that were so tiny and easy to pressure and then to have uh, a pile of food that they're coming into alert. Um, you know, I actually regressed in my hunting because I started out with just a climber and a bow. And I was quite successful in killing deer and finding deer. But I wanted to start killing bigger deer. And the resources of media, you know, you're reading magazines and you're reading about these guys, what they're doing out in the Midwest on their several hundred acre properties. And I'm thinking, oh, that's what I got to do on this half-acre property that I have permission at down the road. Or, you know, oh, that's what I got to do on this 200-acre farm that I have permission of, but it really only has, you know, uh, uh, one acre of woods. The rest of it's cut field. And <laughs> get, you know what I mean? So <laughs> yeah. getting stagnant actually hurt my hunting really bad because, then I was like, oh, I just have the, these are my spots. This is where I go. That's my stand. And instead of hunting where the deer want to be and hunting the deer and what they're naturally doing, I got to a point where I'm trying to make the deer do what I wanted them to do. And I tell you what, it's very fucking frustrating because deer don't want to do what you want them to. Right. You can spend years trying to make them, and, and, you know, if they don't want to, they're not fucking going to. Mm-hmm. Um, and that you also have other factors like, oh, yeah, I'm, you know, I'd go to this property and be hunting, and then, oh, well, I'm not the only one allowed permission there, and there's people riding their horses and go by or whatever else. And, but that's my spot. You know what I mean? Right. I've set that spot up, I've worked on that spot, and, Getting into the mobile again and ditching, having, you know, I still do have a, a, a couple sets that, you know, are there from year to year. Um, but I'm much more in the mobile now. Um, like, uh, rarely do I leave a stand in a tree. Um, you know, I'm often not hunting the same tree, even if I go back to the same place. Um yeah, my my hunting's changed a lot, and honestly, you spend a fuckload of time and a fuckload of money yep. and alert a lot of deer when you're walking in and out of the woods dumping 50-pound bags of corn all the time. Right. right. Um, now, it does have its place. It does have its use. I'm not condemning it or, um, you know, I'm not saying, oh, I don't ever use bait or, you know, I don't hunt bait or, you know, occasionally if, if it's the right place, maybe I will. But that's not what I get my thrills from anymore, right? Like, that that's not what juices me up. <laughs> um, 
what gets me going is exactly how I've been hunting deer the past, you know, four to five years, um, which also includes a lot of public land. But, you know, even when I go out to Ohio, uh, I'm not, uh, even at Ryan's farm, I'm not hunting the spots that are set up really. Right. Right. Like, you know, I, I got my stand, I got my sticks and I go in and I find a place and I make something happen. Hey, Um, dude. And you know what? I'm excited to get back there again. And now, dude, I'll be able to do that with the saddle, dude. You know, for me, you know, right. yeah, I mean, well, and kudos, dude, you have been, you have been working your fucking ass off, literally working, <laughs> working your ass off. Um, dude, how hard you're hitting the gym and, and like when you got on this health kick, like I give you mad props, bro, because you have put a lot of dedication yep. to it. Thanks, it is shown. And I know one of the reasons was. I want to be a better hunter. I want to be able to do more of this shit. I want to, and, and, you know, having that passion ultimately led to you increasing your, your entire lifestyle and health. And I give you mad props on that. Word up. Thanks my brother. And you know, another thing was that, that show, that hunt war show, dude, I got picked for, you know? So like, I was just like, dude, I don't want to be the, you know, you already look fat on TV, dog. Okay, you already look. <laughs> you look. I, I watch videos, and I'm like, "Holy fuck, dude! You fat fucker!" I, I literally watched my African video, and I was like, "Holy shit!" I was like, "You know what, dude? I need to. I need to. I need to kick it in gear. I need to fucking kick it on the beers. You know, I'll drink here and there, but kick it all together and and just get, dude. I'm down eighty pounds now. Amazing, bro. Yeah, I mean, I'm like, like yeah, I feel good. I mean, yeah, I, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I feel great. Anyway, yeah, I know now. So like back when I would always go back there, Ryan would always set up a stand for me, dude. It would all or Keith, you know, Keith, Keith, that guy. He, they're the fucking, they're like the designers, and you know the freaking map, you know, like oh Zelly, they're like you know, the gotta Keith, give, you. yeah, oh, yeah, oh. gotta give them a shout out and mad credit, um, yeah, absolutely. And, and so the first year I went to Ryan's property, right. The first year I went to his property, there was one salt block and basically one place where they put some corn. There was, what's now the arena, right, (laughs) was just kind of like a somewhat muddy grass spot. (laughs) Yeah. And... That was Ryan's property. And, you know, it's Ohio, and there was, you know, occasionally some good deer there. Um, just, you know, there it, it, it's a good spot. And he's got some food on it and everything else. But, dude, you know how fucking Keith is. Keith, Keith Chirac, um, you know, and managing Deer TV, he works with them. Um, yeah, Ryan Barron. And then Ryan, yep, Ryan Barron. And then Ryan Davis, just how much time and money that he's put into his own property by establishing the arena as a year-to-year food plot. Yeah. Taking that front field and adding how many acres of food. I think it's over two acres, and it's about to expand. Mm-hmm. Um, going up top and clearing out a bunch of the trees that 
just literally do nothing for the deer. They, they, all they do is just take up fucking space, taking right. out a lot of those shitty trees and, and providing new bedding and literally just improving the property year after year. And I mean, it costs money and it takes time. People think, oh, you, he lives in Ohio. He's got giant deer. Look, he would have a giant deer or two cross his property occasionally. Now it's not uncommon to have, you know, a big deer stay around there. You, you know what I mean? It's oh, just, dude, you hey, really see the difference in dude, the fucking work, man. It, it's a it, big it's difference. Crazy. Yeah. Those, yeah. Hey, those guys know what they're doing, dude. Ryan Baron Keith is, he's a legend out there and you know it, dude. He can freaking, Absolutely. Oh, he fucking, he does fucking the, the work, dude. It's not like just uh, people. I don't want you guys to think like, oh, they just threw it out there. They got a little fucking Johnny Appleseed cedar shooting seed. No, this guy's out there daily, dude, on a lot of different areas. I mean, fucking putting the work in, tractoring, seeding, burning, frosting, killing. I mean, there's sometimes like Brian. I was t- before they this the, before the arena really took off. Never when they had all that, that bush weed and all that. Hey, dude, there's times that Ryan and, it would tell me, him and Keith, they went down, they reburned it, they redid it. They're like literally nonstop working that arena, dude. Nonstop. Well, and dude, when all of this started, you know, we were, we, you know, we were younger. We didn't have the same resources we do now. So a lot of it was pumping up and down the mountain, walking and using hand tools to, to start and establish a lot of this shit. Right. You know, it wasn't like, you know, now over the years that they're getting more into it and like we've, we've made better access across the creek to where we can get the tractor over there to do some work. You know, like all these little things that take time and money, um, it's, it's completely... I think I lost him, guys. I, he he hung up on us. Right, the story's so good. The story's so good. No, he I, hung I, up. <laughs> I got a call and I tried to close it and somehow interrupted. That's um, I kept it going, baby. <laughs> word, word. But yeah, dude, the difference that they've made in the property with all the work they put in—it's it's absolutely amazing, and, and it shows, you know, um, like that. That's why. You know, Ryan Barron doesn't have killing big deer TV. Oh. It's managing deer TV. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Um, and like I said, my thing, I, I'm environmental analysis and planning, um, is what I have a degree in. Land assessment and management is, is what I, I enjoy and I like. And one of the reasons that I can look at the natural terrain and features of a place and usually find deer there. Um, y- you know, it, it's just, um, I-, I used to do environmental restoration and construction. So it's, uh, it's all just for the love of love of the fucking hunt, man. Mm-hmm. That's dope, dude. I mean, <laughs> yeah, they got it going on over there. So like I was saying, like when I, the next time I get to go back, it's now like I'll have the saddle tour. I can go up in any tree now, not have to rely on the stands. You know what I mean? And it's Love just, it. It, yeah, it's, it's a game changer, dude. 
Oh my gosh, dude! It is. Uh, yeah, I always, I was always like docking it, dude, and always talking shit about it. I, I was like, no, dude, no, I'm barely doing these stands. I'm a stand guy now, <laughs> you know. And I just always just, no, I'm not gonna do the saddle, dude. Well, when I got picked for that hunt, sh- that hunt war show, right? Uh, one of the things when I talked to that guy, uh, Ross Bigger, you know Ross Bigger from the Working Class Bow Hunter. Fuck yeah, yeah. Well, fuck we, yeah. So great, great dude. What up? What up? What up, Ross? So him and I. He's an absolute, absolute stud. Yes. Um, him and Austin Chandler. Yes. Oh, those the, two guys the Lord. are. <laughs> yeah, dude, they're killers of killers. Like those, those guys are. Uh, yeah, they they are next level as well. They they are. They are some top tier gentlemen, uh, especially when it comes to to whitetail. They, I love those. Guys. So, so when I got picked for that show, we're we're gonna go hunt on Ross and Austin's properties, dude, out there in Illinois, dude. That was the gig where we're going, right? And I was like, Oh, I told him you were coming, bro. Yeah. I told him you were coming. I said, Be ready for this motherfucker because you're gonna have a good time. <laughs> so I reached out to him, like, Hey, dude, you know what's the deal, dude? And I go, Do I need a saddle? And, dude, they both said, hey, we have stands set up. You can take a stand down, but it, you, if you get a saddle, you're probably going to be a lot better. I was like, shit. Well, dude, Drew from Wild Edge fucking had my back, dude. He just like, you hooked me up, dude, took care of me. Like, oh, I got you. I want, yeah, dude, legit dude. He didn't have to do that, but he did, dude. And, he, you know, the thing is, it comes about believing in people. And he kind of believed in me. And I believe in his company as well, you know. So great product and great dude. You yeah. know, Drew, Drew and I have been friends for a long time, and um, you know, we're, we're we're still good good buddies now. Um, and I still use their products. Uh, the 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 buck that I just killed. Um, I located this spot late season last year and knew it would be a fire early season spot. How'd you know that? And I, um, just the way this, the, the scrape was that I could tell it was a community scrape. It was in a river bottom that I knew would be cool. And I knew it would be real thick with growth, even though it was kind of, uh, not much for the deer at that time. And then, uh, there was this split white oak that I ended up hanging my tree in, but I just knew, okay, if this oak is dropping, I'm in between a creek crossing, I'm in between a fence crossing, and this is going to be a cool river bottom that's going to be thick that I think the bucks will be comfortable coming out in in daylight not maybe midday walk around but you know those last couple hours last hour of shooting light come out mill around and come out of that real thick shit cross the stream and and maybe check this scrape or stage in this white oaks before they head out toward the field and you putting cameras up there to know I did. It's funny. Um, and it was dead when I found it late last season. Like I, I thought the camera wasn't, I thought the camera didn't have service to be honest because I was not getting any pictures. And then I went down to check it and I got pictures of myself. I'm like, well, it's fucking working. 
you know, and it was just pretty much dead. And so, start of the season this year. Well, it's a cell. Ca- I went is down. It, it's a cell a cell camera. Yeah, yeah, and I I figured I didn't have cell service because I wasn't getting any pictures, and oh, no, it was just, the oh. area was just dead. Oh, got okay. um, following you. Yeah, so starting this year, I went down and I put a camera. And I thought the same thing. I thought something's wrong with the camera or I'm not getting service because it's just there's nothing there. And I, it should be in my mind, this is when the deer would be there. And I just figured I didn't really understand why they weren't, to be honest. Um, Your camera doesn't do a test, and, a test picture so you know it's working? Uh, you can now. Oh. Yeah, yeah. But um, so... I, I, a mature buck, a big buck, came through that scrape. And after that, within the next two to three days, I think five different bucks hit that scrape. Ooh. Oh, so you're, you're it loving it because you're fucking, fucking <laughs> you're at home dead. in the fucking. It was dead. <laughs> yeah, it was completely dead. <laughs> Until one mature buck came through and made a scrape, and now there's four open scrapes under the same tree, like within a few days, and mm-hmm. I is just, and now the does are traveling through. There, I have even the pictures of, of the does are even coming in and chewing on the licking branches. It's just one of those, and it's what I thought it would be. It's it's. An area where these deer are just figuring out who's where as soon as that velvet starts to come off. Mm-hmm. As soon as that velvet starts to come off, those bucks want to know who else is around and start to establish that pecking order a little bit. Even if they're still in bachelor group, they're starting to establish that pecking order now. And, um, man, it was just, it, it, it was just, a perfect setup that the way it came together and and uh so so you you already you have a pre-set up there you're saying right yeah so i left wild edge steps in in the tree and that was it um so yeah i don't often leave a stand um so what I'll do sometimes is I'll leave a, a set of my lone wolf sticks in a tree or I'll leave uh, uh, wild edge steps in a tree. And then I usually enter the woods, even if I'm plan on going to like, even though I plan on going to a tree where shit's already set up, I usually have my stand, of course, but I usually have sticks with me too mm-hmm. in case I see that fresh fresh, fresh scrape or sign that lets me know, oh, there's one that just came through here, it's likely he might again. You right. know? So you can switch um, you can switch just, your location a different quick. That's how fast. Yeah, dude, I can't help it. Even though I, I know which tree I'm going to, I can't help it, bro. I gotta be prepared mm-hmm. to make a move. Um, and ultimately, <laughs> like I said, this is why I have the stand and the saddle. Because I I need to be prepared to do whatever the fuck it is I want to do that gives me the inclination that I'm going to kill uh, whatever it is I'm after. I, I I don't ever want to be limited. There, there's enough factors that make it difficult is enough in archery 
especially self-filmed archery and having standards for both the game and the film, um, it's hard enough. There's things stacked against you enough. The last thing I want is my equipment not to allow me into a spot I want to be. Right. Um, so, yeah, I actually went down there and I, I took, you know, the .75 with me, the Loma .75. I threw it up in the tree. And um, that evening, my hunt got wrecked because the cattle came pushing through and blew the whole bottom out and just fucked everything up. And um, I knew this is what happens in that spot, though. That's why there's really never deer there. That's why there wasn't deer late season last year because, you know, the, the cattle were using that area so heavy. And I just was like, well, this might be fucked now, but I'm going to leave my stand. And as soon as I get the right wind, I'm coming back in here. And uh, two days later, uh, we, we had a rain the next day. Two days later, we <clears throat> I actually killed that doe. I killed a doe in the morning, um, which the mission was to kill a doe. It was just a little transition zone in between a, uh, a marshy area on one side of a creek and a uh, cornfield. And uh, I just knew deer filter out of the cornfield in the morning through that little transition zone before they crossed the creek into the marsh and then ultimately bed on the opposite hillside. Um, and I've never really seen a good buck move through there. So the mission was kill a doe. And, and I did. So killed a doe, Delicious. got it on video, <laughs> got it home, butchered up, you know what I mean? And I took a nap and I woke up and I almost didn't hunt the afternoon. I I, I woke up kind of mid-sleep when my alarm went off, like, oh, what the fuck? You know what I mean? Yeah. And I almost didn't go. And I looked outside and I saw the flag on the farm uh, up the road. I could see the direction it was blowing, and I could see it was blowing steady. And I was like, you know what? That's A the wind you needed. Steady wind. <clears throat> yes. It was not only the direction, but being in that creek bottom and in that kind of ditch, it, it can swirl, man, especially with thermals. Uh, you know, and the thermals can often overpower wind. Mm-hmm. Well, when I saw, okay, this is, this is a 15 to like, I think it said 15 to 23 mile an hour or something. I was like, I'm, I'm, I'm going, babe. I was like, I'm getting a shower and I'm fucking hitting the tree. Are I'm you, going. are you, are you using sink crusher and nose jammer? I mean, are you putting your clothes to a sink crusher bag and all that? Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. 100%. Uh, in my mind, Scent Crusher is one of the absolute most game-changing products that has come out in the last 20 years of hunting, and it has made hunting 10 times easier to prepare for, in my opinion. I got between one. Yeah. Wa- oh, dude, between washing your clothes and then washing them scent-free, drying them scent-free, storing them scent-free, only to wear them once and have to fucking do it all again. Yeah. That's a ton of work. 
and being able to, unless my clothes get really muddy or really bloody, I just throw them back in the sink crusher. Me too. Exactly. Oh, there's times I'm over here. My wife said, oh, dude, want me to wash those? I was like, oh, no, 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 no. They just go like that. Now, a lot of people have a lot of different opinions, and, you know, you know me, raw, real, no bullshit. Like my opinion or not, I, I don't give a fuck. It, yeah. it is what it is. Yeah. Um, a lot of people, oh, just hunt the wind. Your scent doesn't matter if you're hunting the wind. You know what? You're right. But the wind can change. Thermals can change. And if you know where you're hunting, and that can be a possibility, why would you not take the precaution to up your chances. Let's just say that uh, being scent free only helps you 1% of the time. How do you know that 1% chance isn't going to be on that 1% top deer that you'll kill? You know what I mean? And in my opinion, uh, I, I, I trained a dog to track. And when you understand how a high level olfactory sense works, like, Picture it this way. If I drew on a wall, a big wall, 10 by 10, I drew a checkerboard with uh, 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 10,000 little squares, right? And they're all black and white, you know, and I throw in a little bit of green. You're going to be able to see them, pick them out. Throw in a little bit of blue. You're going to be able to pick them out. Start flooding it with blue and green and yellow. But now let's throw in some bright red. And when you stand back, I don't care how many squares there is and how many color. If you focus on bright red, your eyes are immediately going to focus and pick out that bright red. Are you sticking with me? Oh, yeah. I'm listening. This is how a deer, this is how a dog's nose works. It does not matter how many other scents or how strong the other scents are, if they decide I only want to smell this, they can ignore it all. Just like we can look at a checkerboard and ignore all the black and white and ignore all the blue and green and pick out just the red squares. Right. So in my opinion, a deer can use its nose to tell time and distance with a scent. So when a deer smells you, it knows when you were there Mm -hmm. and how far away you are, right? And in my opinion, using scent crusher and wearing scent-free clothes into the stand, and I often, I'll take my, my final layer and I'll roll it up into the tightest little ball I can and tuck it into its own hood. And it's not until I'm in my stand and I'm set and everything. I'll pull that out and I'm not bullshit. It still smells like fresh ozone. And I feel like putting that on after I've been sweating and climbing kind of seals me in. Now, if a deer's downwind of me, it's going to smell you. You know, you can beat a deer's eyes and you might get it. He may see you and you might still get away with it. He may hear you, you might still get away with it. A deer catches your wind, you're fucked. We, we know this. But... In my mind, using that scent crusher, my uh, fresh clothes and ozone clothes that I'm wearing, taking a scent-free shower before I go in, I know that deer is still going to smell me 
But I honestly think you give yourself the chance that that deer smells little enough of you that he either thinks that you were there enough time long ago or you are a distance far enough away, time far enough away or distance far enough away that he does not to be concerned that you are an immediate threat. Right. So to me, that can make all the difference in the world. Um, because I truly believe a deer can tell time and distance by what it, it picks up with its nose. And yes, that deer is going to still smell you. I'm not trying to say by doing all this scent free that that deer is not going to smell you. Yes, he will. I promise you, he still smells you. <laughs> Even if he doesn't change his demeanor, he still smelled you. The right. demeanor is, when he smells you, does he perceive you as a threat? That's the difference. And I think that gives scent, scent crusher and being scent free, I think, gives uh, a, a major advantage to that. Oh, I, I got the big bag. I run it. Hey, there's been times, dude, literally, that uh, I just had it in a bag and didn't run a cycle because, you know, just being fucking lazy and fast, you know, wake it, yeah, hit the snooze button a little extra. I'm like, all right, cool. There goes the cycle. I just put my clothes on. Hey, dude, I get picked up. I could be in any any blind tree, saddle, whatever they know. I'm telling you, I like, especially a few weeks ago, dude. Like, I'm literally like above animals, dude, and have no clue. I run that. I run like, if I have enough time, I run the bag an hour. But definitely, it gets a cycle thirty minutes, and then I I'll do a nose jammer, dude. Too. I like the nose jammer, dude. Nose jammer. Um, nose jammer is one of the few products that I would say is legit. And um, to the point where I was all but convinced that Whitetail were picking up on the electrical signals of my GoPros Mm -hmm. because, you know, sometimes I set GoPros out on the ground to try to capture that extra angle. Right. And I was all but convinced that deer were picking up the electrical signal of it because it it just couldn't seem to get away. No matter how many times I washed them, no matter how many times I sprayed them with, you know, the scent-free sprays, whatever. I tried nose jammer and I've had, I had deer kick a camera once. I've had deer literally step right over it. I've had deer stand two feet from it and they don't pick it up and they don't smell that, scent as like a source right. where they put their nose to it. Right. Um, that is one of the few products I will say is legit. And I do like using nose jammer on my trail. I spray my straps for my trail cameras oh, I, I, with nose good, jammer. Dude, that's a good yeah. idea. Because yeah, I, I spray I have, I have my this area straps t- and I spray my GoPros. <laughs> and I spray my cameras. That's why I use nose jammer, my cameras. Yeah. Because I have a couple areas. Man, I have these bears are just freaking hammering my cameras, dude. Like, And I, I relocate well, them. See, I don't know if a bear will smell that nose jammer and be like, oh, <laughs> <laughs> or like, I don't know. I, whitetail don't. Like, I'll spray it on a tree and they'll walk right by it. They don't smell the source. Uh-huh. Uh, they, they don't seem to pick it up as like, uh, something that smells good that they get, like an attractant. 
because if it was an attractant in any way, I wouldn't fucking use it. I don't want the deer going to my GoPro right? or like to where I was just standing. Like that's so fucking counterintuitive, but um, I don't know how a bear would react to it, but I would think the same way a deer does, but you know, well, you know, we'll find out if your last video is him eating it and then taking a shit. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to try one, at least one. But you know what I've been doing? I, I just, I got the saddle now, dude, and I'm pretty fucking dandy with it. I can just, I just go up, a, I can just put like two steps up, dude, and I can go up there and I can hang there and put a fucking camera and I tilt it, have a little chinga, you know what I mean? I mean, I, I could do Perfect. that. Yeah, I could do that. So, our, motherfucker, if you, if a bear gets this, he climbed the tree or he's fucking 12 feet tall, one of the two. <laughs> Dude, I I speaking of bear too, I actually have a bear tag this year. Ooh. I do, uh, yeah, the Maryland lottery. Uh, for Maryland, it's a lottery, and this year I believe it was nine hundred and fifty tags. I believe were given out, and uh, I was one of the fortunate guys to get one. Hey, so is this I got the same a hell of a season lined up. Is man. this the same uh, tag that you drew four years ago, or that was New York, huh? No, that. The uh, tag several years ago, yeah. Oh, so you, and, you, you um, got your buddy going with you now? Same guy, never, never. Yep. And and that property is the property where I killed my first deer with the bow that I was telling you about back in college. Oh, that's super dope. How dude. fucking cool is that? Yeah, right. Have, have they been seeing bears over there? Uh this year, yes. There. Um, so on that property, there's a spot where. Back in the day, there was an old homestead, and it was, like, cleared out just a little bit. And um, there's a couple apple trees that are just gnarly grown and fucking nasty, um, and they they don't produce every year. And it seems like if it's a year that they produce, then there's bear on his property. And um, it's producing this year. And he said, uh, you know, driving down the road, he saw where a log had been rolled over and one was digging for grubs and shit like that. So mm. um, <clears throat> I'm thinking next weekend uh, I may go out there uh, just to assess the property, maybe even set up some trail cameras uh, and prepare for the bear season, which is about a full month later. We only get one week. One week. Um, it's only, yeah, one week. Um and if you fill your tag, you fill your tag. If you don't, you don't. But what is really cool is you're allowed to assign a sub-permitting. So that's what I did several years ago. You know, my, my buddy Andrew, I, I assigned him as my sub-permitting. And I said, all right, here's the deal, bro. I'll, I'm taking the bow. He he took his muzzle loader. And we said, okay, if it's in bow range, it's mine. If it's outside of bow range, it's yours. <clears throat> and uh, we, we we caught a boar midday walking down through the woods about 65 yards in front of us. I flipped the camera on, got right over his shoulder, and he, he railed it, you know. So it, it, that was a lot of fun. Fucking hey, dude. That's cool that you drew that yeah. tag again. It only took four, yeah. only took four years to do it again, huh? Yeah, and I apply for it every year. Uh, uh -huh. So, uh, yeah, pretty cool. But well, yeah, man, this what, what, what been, was uh, what was the, what was the ratio last year? Like, I mean, uh, what, I mean, what, the success rate, successful hunters. Yeah. Uh, to be honest, I'm not sure. Hmm. I, I I I'd be lying if I told you the stats because I, I don't remember. Oh. Um, 
But yeah, dude, this is lining up to be an insane season for me. You know, uh, I killed a sick of hinds. Um, whoa, 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 whoa. Let's, let's go back to your, your fucking buck, dude. Like we're, we're, we're <laughs> let's, let's rewind a little bit. Hey, so we're, you're, you're not there for two days after the cows went through. Okay. Were you getting any right. pictures? No. So you just said, no. when you seen that wind, you said, I'm going no matter what. Well, you can even ask Ryan and Keith. Um, once I, I got so the deer that I killed, I knew that deer. I had seen that deer. Uh, I had gotten footage of that deer, like with my cell phone out in the field oh. down the road. Um, I have trail cam pictures of him on a mineral site at another farm. And so I knew that deer and he straight disappeared from the last picture I had of him was August 14th and did not get another picture of him until September 13th. Damn. Wonder where he went. And now he's on a complete different farm. Now he's hard horned and now he's in that scrape that I knew was going to turn on at some point, right? Especially with that white oak. I knew when that white oak started dropping and deer started getting hard horned, I, I knew, I hate to say that because you never know, but I, I was, <laughs> I had full confidence that deer would be there and that there was probably going to be a good one. So when I got the first picture of him down there, I was like, holy shit, that short brow. And he actually showed up in shooting light. I need to be there. And the very next day, I I didn't go. I just had other shit I needed to take care of. And I was like, I even told Keith and Ryan, I said, I need to get down in there again while we're on this red moon phase and before the fucking cattle walk through there. I said, because cattle are now in those fields. And it's only a matter of time before they go into the bottom. And... Sure enough, <laughs> fucking cattle came through, and I thought I missed my opportunity. Um, but I didn't have any more pictures, uh, but the wind was right, and I could. And, and I asked the farmer, "Hey, where 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 have the cows been hanging out?" And he's like, "Well, they're up here in the north corner by by the grain bin, like usual." Why? I was like, "Well." Okay, just wandering, <laughs> you know, and uh, I, I was able to sneak in there, and I actually bumped the buck on my way in. Um, so, like I said, I had a strong wind. How far is your hike and, in? Um, it's not terrible, actually. It's probably only about a quarter mile, really. Um, Flat? It's not a terrible hike. Flat, yeah. flat. No, it, it, it's hill. It's oh. hill. Oh, it's a hill. Um, it's downhill. It's downhill most of the way in, but it's uphill all the way out. <laughs> um, <laughs> hey, so yeah, that's why I mean it's it's hard to hunt the wind there because it is such a hill and it, it's a it's a bottom and the wind likes to swirl. Do you hunt you that know? in the morning um, or only evenings? Um, at this time, I 
I only wanted to hunt it in the evening, mm. especially because we're, we're in that red moon phase. And I did, I just had a feeling like I, I, when I saw that spot last year in January and I saw that oak tree and I saw how there was like four to five scrapes around this one tree, I, I just fully envisioned okay, there's going to be deer either crossing that creek, there's going to be deer crossing that fence, there's going to be deer hitting this scrape, or there's going to be deer hitting these oaks. I need to be here early season. And I literally envisioned, you know, sitting in the tree, deer coming out of that thick shit, 36 yards to the first spot I could see them, 32 yards to the creek crossing. 28 yards to the first spot where I can shoot them into the trail going to the the scrape. The scrape's at exactly 31 yards. And I know those ranges in my head because I envision so many times a deer coming up out of that bottom, crossing that creek, and heading to that scrape. So I'm heading in that afternoon, and... I'm cresting the top of the hill and I see a tail and then I see a rack heading the other way. And I hurried up and threw up my fucking binos and I caught just a little bit of him to see that it was uh, a semi-wide deer, but and near either had no brows or very short brows, but it didn't look like the same cage size as short brow, the deer that I was ultimately hoping to see. So to me, I took that as a sign, well, at least deer are back in here. So it means the cattle have stayed out and have stayed up there by the grain bin. So maybe I still got a chance in here. And, uh, do you have a, so path? even though a- I just, do you have a path cut to the tree, or it, is there like a trail that you don't make noise getting to the tree? There's there's kind of like old cattle paths and old tractor paths gotcha. for when they need to maintain the fence and that kind of stuff um, that I was kind of walking down, and that does play into this as well. So on my entrance... Um, I, I planned on walking down this one spot that's bare dirt, essentially, down the hill and crossing the creek. And what I actually did was intentionally stepped in cow shit. And on, on purpose. So, yes. So now, I mean, they're used to cow shit, right? And why not cover my boot track at least a little bit? So, so you, you, you got, I, I you, throw you, the binos. Both feet? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I throw the binos up and I see that a buck came out of that bottom where I'm ultimately thinking that this deer is at and I hope he comes from, but it's not the buck I'm looking for. So my thought is, well, at least the deer are using it and in here and hopefully the deer I'm after short brow still in there somewhere. So I, I, Stepped in cow shit and I crept down that path, washed my boots off at the stream because I, I didn't want to, you know, step on my stick and then be grabbing cow shit on my way back down and everything. 
So, um, and I, I made a weird decision, uh, spur of the moment, weird decision that I would have told you I would have never done. I was actually just talking with a, a buddy earlier and I told him about this. Instead of going kind of toward my stand and shortest path of least resistance and staying as far away from that scrape as possible, I actually walked directly to the scrape, uh, not all the way to the scrape, directly toward the scrape until I got at that lane that I had a clear shot through if they were on that trail and then walk straight to my tree. And my thought at the moment was, if they do catch my ground track and stop, at least it'll be in a spot where I have a shot. Oh. So that that was my thought. And um climbed up in the tree, and it, it, it was dead. I wasn't seeing anything. Um, it felt like a good evening, uh, but I wasn't seeing any activity. Um, no does. What's nothing. the weather like? Um, it was, it, it started off probably about 75 mm. and it, once the sun got behind the trees, it started to cool down pretty quickly. And it was just before the sun got by, down behind the trees. And af, after it gets behind the trees, it's not like sunset quite yet. You know, still got a while. It's just because it's trees tall on a hill and I'm in the bottom. Right. And <clears throat> I see a deer on the opposite bank, basically where I came in at, right? On that dirt path. It was open enough I could see a deer. And I throw my binos up, and all I can see is a big butt sticking out one side of a tree and a single pine sticking out the other side of the tree. I'm like, well, it's a buck. Don't know which buck, but it's a buck. And then another buck came out. And this buck I got a good view of, and it was the buck I thought I blew out the bottom. <laughs> mm-hmm. So I'm like, well, if it's not the buck I thought I blew out the bottom, I don't know which buck I blew out of here. So I continue to just try to watch with my binos and the other deer just never gave me a clear view of them. Every now and then I would get an ear flick or see a glimpse to where I could tell where he was, but never once did I get a lock on as to what was he doing, which deer it was or how big they, they came across and they were just feeding on uh there's a couple hickories and an oak right there. Mm-hmm. And they were just feeding on that little hillside on those hickories and oaks and then disappeared into the thick shit in the bottom by the creek. Mm. So where I thought they were bedding and coming out of was that thick shit. But in reality, what they were doing was coming from a different property, working that hillside, getting you know, eating uh, hickories away and then dropping down into the thick shit and using the thick shit to then travel over to the white oaks and the scrape. Mm-hmm. Um, so this is why you can get trail cam pictures. And I'm like, oh, all the, the, the bucks are coming from that way. They're in that bedding area. No, oh. the fuck they're not. You know, that's what I thought. 
I thought for sure. I thought for sure I knew where he was betting and coming from. I was I was completely wrong. But regardless, my plan was great, except for the fact that they crossed my track. Um, but it didn't seem to affect them. Um, and I actually messaged my girlfriend and said, I need you to do me a favor and go on YouTube and find a video of cows mooing. No one talking, no, no voice, just a video of cows mooing because I lost those deer in the bottom. I hadn't seen them for 20 minutes and it's getting dark pretty quick. And I just wanted to be prepared. <clears throat> I told her, I was like, I'm going to get out of my fucking tree. I'm going to turn this video of cows milling and I'm just going to stomp through the fucking stream and walk up the hill out of here. And yeah, they'll probably run away, but hopefully they think I'm a fucking cow and don't pay much attention, you know? Right. And, um, as I'm texting her, I'm like, I'm, I'm going to have to climb down and probably I only got like 15 minutes of light left. So I'll probably climb down in 20. And a few minutes later, uh, all of a sudden I see the seven point. The, 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 the deer that I had clear view of, the deer that I have other trail camera pictures of, I knew this deer. He steps out right into that creek cross, and I'm like, all right, I know you're at 32 yards right now. He gets a drink of water, is chewing, eating, and I'm just like, you know, please move your sweet ass, and please, that other buffy following behind you. Because at this point, I literally have about five, six minutes to shoot. And, like and no matter what, you weren't five. shooting the seven. No, no, I wasn't going to. Okay. Um, he's a really nice deer. He's a young deer. He's a really nice deer. Um, it would be, uh, it'd be a really great deer for my girlfriend to take. There's another young hunter just down the street from this property that I've actually started to mentor, uh, how to, how to bell hunt and do things properly. And it's a, it'd be a great deer for him to take. It's just one of those deer that it, it, nothing wrong. It just wouldn't fill what I'm looking for. Right. Um, and I was after short brow or one that, that my girlfriend named Trolley because he's just this big, old, ugly, gnarly motherfucker. Ooh. Um, but so yeah, the seven point steps out in the creek and is now, you know, in a clear area. I got clear view of him. I'm like, all right, it, it's on. I get my bow in hand and uh, I, he steps up out of the creek after getting a drink and chewing. And I say, all I need is that, that whatever deer that is to do the same thing and decide if this is, if it's short brow or not. He crosses the creek and he heads straight for the scrape and I range him one more time in that spot and boom, he's 28 yards. I'm like, all right, I'm probably going to have a 28 yard shot. I dial my pin to 28. And just as I do that, the other buck that's following him steps into the creek crossing and he is not slow stepping into it. He doesn't stop to get a little drink of water. He doesn't chew shit on the edge. He walks down right into that creek crossing, jumps right up out of it and is walking directly at me in the white oak instead of going to the scrape where the other deer is. Right. And so he's just walking dead on at me. And I, so I rolled my pin right back down to 20 and I drew back. 
and I just held back and uh and you already knew it was short walking. Bro. You knew it was short bro. No, it, I didn't. What I did know was I knew how big that seven point was and which deer it was. And I'm looking at him and then I see this deer and I just saw how big the cage was and how much bigger the body was. And when I determined this is a deer I'm going to shoot, I don't look at the rack anymore at all. Gotcha. As soon as I determine this is an animal I'm going to kill, I do not look at the antler. So I just knew, I said, I literally said, I think I said on the video after I shot, if that's not short brow, it's his brother because it's an identical cage size, right? Um, he steps up out the creek, starts walking just straight to me instead of straight toward the spray pool like the other buck did. And I roll my pin to 20. And um, he got right to about 20 yards facing directly at me and turned right over and looked at that other deer at the scrape and turned perfectly broadside. Um, he took a couple steps toward that other deer, and I just gave a slip. And he stopped. And as soon as I released that arrow, like, it was, it was one of those ones that you just know. You just know you devastated him. You just know that that was, if it wasn't perfect, it was all but perfect. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Um, and I tell you, the, the pop of the diaphragm, uh, and I've heard that several times, and I have on video, you hear it, the pop of the diaphragm when these lone wolf broadheads hit. Um, but I release it. I know it's good. I watch my arrow disappear right in the right spot. You know, my luminot disappear exactly where I want it to. I see him do a big fucking kick, and I see my arrow stuck in the ground glowing as he just bolts across the fucking creek back into the thick shit. And I, I know I got him. Like, I, I know he's a dead deer run. <laughs> it's just right. how far is he going to run? <laughs> right. He's dead. He just don't, he just don't realize it yet. And, um, I, I tried to, you know, get the camera up to follow him, but it was in that thick shit and everything. And I just didn't know where he went. And honestly, I was just, I was so jacked because I knew it was a good deer. And literally how I envisioned like literally sitting in that tree, I'm envisioning all the scenarios that can happen. What, what happens if a deer crosses the fence here? What happens if when they I spot them in the bedding area back here? When am I going to flip on the cameras? When am I going to grab my bow? When am I going to do this? What what happened? And I can't tell you how many times I fully envisioned a nice buck crossing the creek in that exact spot. It's like you manifested it. And giving me a shot opportunity right there at 20 yards. Like, yeah. I, I, I even said that's why I, I'm grateful to the cosmos for the opportunity. Because, you know, you envision it, that, that, that's the first step. Is The first step of creation is, is imagination. You, you imagine it and think something can happen, it can. And... um it just it just happened exactly the way I wanted. And 
I, you know, my, my girlfriend knew which deer that was. She's really gotten into hunting the past couple years. You know, uh, she killed a doe. Uh, she was the first one on the board this year. She killed her. Uh, she's only killed bucks. I didn't even realize that. She killed her first doe this well, year. Well, look she who she's dating. Her. She's like the freaking mass murderer <laughs> guy himself. You, they don't call you modern uh, assassin for nothing, dude. <laughs> I, I'm stacking them, bro. I'm stacking them. Um, but yeah, she killed her first doe and it was, uh, you know, with her bow and it was her first one from a tree stand instead of a blind and it was her first hunt on her own, not me sitting with her. So oh, shit. it was really fucking awesome. She got it started. And, uh, Congrats. so right away I, I called her and I said, babe, I, I just railed a big one. And she was like, trolley. I was like, no, not that big. Uh, it was a good one. <laughs> He's a big one. I'm happy with him. I said, I'm. I'm all but sure it's short brow. If it's not, it's it's an equal beer. Like I'm I'm fucking jacked. I said I'm, I'm gonna come home. I'm gonna get you. We'll load up the four wheeler. We'll come back here, and then we'll go down and look for him together. Like I I, I wanted to share the recovery, even though I knew that deer was dead. I I wanted to share it. And how far so did it on run? my way up? Well, on my way up out of there. I crossed the blood trail. Oh. So I know, okay, this deer ran straight back where he came from. Like he went across the stream in the same spot, through the thick shit, and he went right back to where he was heading from. So uh, I don't even got to go back to the arrow. I ain't got to cross the creek. I ain't got to go through that thick scrub shit that was going to be hard to track through. I'm like, all right, I got a really good blood trail to start right here. So. I pick her up, we get the wheeler loaded up, we come back, you know, get get on the wheeler, get our flashlights, get down there. And um I told her, I said, I get we we got blood on the trail. We don't even gotta go down to my arrow. And she could see my green arrow still glowing in the bottom. And at this point, we're now on the blood at to my tree. Uh, probably about 60 yards. The loop that he ran, maybe at another 10, you know. So, you know, at this point, we're about 70 yards on the trail, and it, it, it you know, you don't got to look for blood. You just got to follow it. <laughs> you wow. know what I mean? Like, right. you don't got to be like, oh, where's blood? You just, just, just keep walking. It was pumping. It. Oh, yeah. And you can see... The, because it's a hill, uh, he's on a bench trail. So he's running down a bench trail, and you can see where his hoof tracks are in the trail, but the blood is two foot, two and a half foot to the right side off of the trail because mm. it's just blowing out that, that lower exit hole. Wow. It's not even <laughs> dripping down on the trail. It's blowing, blowing out the side. And... So we follow it. We get about 25 yards. Just, I mean, steady blood everywhere. And then all of a sudden it's like, well, where the fuck did it go? Like, I don't see blood. <laughs> like, it, it, where the fuck did this thing go? And I actually started walking a little bit of a circle. And I'm like, what in the fuck? And I turn around to look at her. And that deer must have, like, jumped. You know how sometimes right before they die, they'll kind of do like yeah. a weird leap and fall sideways, whatever. Well, he did that and went uphill 
and kind of wrapped himself around the base of a tree and was like hanging right there. So oh, it was shit. like he was above us to the right. I mean, he was dead. He was he was even getting a little stiff already. He died within, you know, within 10, 15 seconds, he was dead and in that spot. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Like, yeah. And um, when I, as soon as I saw him, I saw the big ass and I could just see one time sticking up. And I was like, well, we're about to find out if it's him or not. <laughs> and it's, as soon as I walked around the tree and I saw those short, tiny brows and that big cage, <laughs> I knew exactly what deer it was. And I, I'll tell you, dude, um, it's, it's different. Um, it's different when you have a deer in mind you want to kill and then kill that deer. Oh, yeah. It's, yeah. It, it's, yeah, it's just cool, you know. It's it's when when you have a goal and like and and knowing I saw that spot in January last year and knew, hey, that's where I need to be in September as soon as they scrape velvet. And literally, as soon as they scrape velvet, it lit up, and I knew I had to get in there, and it was just as cool finding a buck now that had been gone, you know, I had watched them on a farm uh, a mile down the road in the summer, but seeing him there and then getting in there, you know, capitalizing on setting the stand perfect, playing the wind and the conditions perfect, and, and literally watching that deer cross the creek and it, it was like he came toward me to be more in the wide open and give me the best camera light and turn perfectly broadside for me, like, like you said, as if it was manifested. You know what I mean? I, I envisioned how it had, was going to happen, and it, and it did, and it it, it happened. And uh, you know, I'm I'm super stoked to fucking have a great buck down on the ground and headed to the taxidermist this early in the season. Hey, we're, uh, did you use the assassin reach? Actually this year I'm, I'm running with, uh, the lone wolf pocket arm sometimes. Oh, uh, depends where I'm going and what I'm doing. Um, but yeah, I decided I wanted to try that because I wanted to go a little lighter for in the marsh. So I wanted to use the lone wolf pocket arm and I wanted to use my phone oh. instead of taking the camera, the camera batteries and all that kind of shit, just to cut down on a little bit of weight and a little bit of cost for if I fall in the marsh, because it's inevitable to happen at some point. So I was like, I'm going to try to carry less electronics and less weight into the marsh. So got myself a pocket arm. And as I was heading out, I'm like, oh fuck, my, my, my shoe mount and everything is still on that arm for the, uh, for my phone, but I have my camera with me. So I just grabbed the shoe mount real off of, uh, off of it real quick and fucking rocked it. And for anybody out there that's listening and wondering, like, what's an assassin reach? My man over here invented a camera arm. It's called the assassin reach, dude. And it's a, hey dude, I got it. And dude, honestly, dude, it's pretty legitimately. I like it. I like it. 
I still, uh, I know I'm a little bit biased, obviously, but I still think it's the best camera arm out there. Um, it's sturdy. Uh, it is by far the most rock solid uh, mount um, that is easy, and it is the most versatile in where you can put it. You can put it on a branch. You can put it on a flat log on the ground. Um, in my opinion, it is still probably the best self film camera arm out there. Yeah, I um, like it. Yeah, I, I still use it a lot. Yeah. Right on, dude. Hey, so how was the pack out? The de- getting that deer out was actually really fucking easy. Mm. I mean, believe it or not, um, where that deer died and everything, like I said, dude, it was meant to, it was just meant to be my fucking day. And what's crazy too, September 18th is a cursed day for me. Um, when I first started bow hunting, I didn't even realize this at the time, but I probably shot a 160 incher on September 18th and I hit him in the spine and dropped him. And I thought, Oh, I got him. And I started to like get down and the motherfucker just stood up and shook it off. Like nothing ever happened and ran away. And then, (laughs) yeah, and uh, another hunt, September 18th, I think may have been the following year, I shot a buck that uh, was actually a triple main beam. Damn. And I hit him back toward the liver, and I really didn't have much blood to follow, and I looked around like kind of as much as I could, and I didn't find him. Knowing what I know now, I know that that deer was on the neighbor's property down in that bottom. Just now I know more about deer. What I knew then was, well, you shoot it and you find the blood trail. Well, I don't have a blood trail, so I'll just fucking start walking in circles, I guess. Um, so that deer I know died, and I didn't recover it, being a young hunter, not knowing. and is probably like So those are the two biggest deer I've ever encountered. And I had mishaps on them. That was literally with my first like two years of bell hunting. Um, and I've been trying to get that back for however many <laughs> fucking years since and haven't had one to that caliber ever again. Um, you know, chase the fucking dragon, bro. Right. Um, but so September 18th was kind of like a cursed day for me. And, uh, that's part of the reason why I started off the day. I was like, I'm getting up, I'm going to this spot and I'm going to kill a doe. Like I'm not going out with expectations of I'm going in and hunting a big buck or holding out for a big buck or, you know, having these high hopes and everything. I'm going to a spot that I know is not hard for me to get to in case it starts getting warm and I need to get a deer out. And I know deer filter through in the morning on their way from the cornfield back to bed. Nothing crazy. Bed feed pattern, I'm in the transition zone right in between, right? Textbook hunt. And, um, yeah, it, 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 it went down. I killed a doe. Um, you know, absolutely blasted her, took a real hard quarter to way shot. It went through, through her gut, through her liver through her right lung, cut the right side of her heart, busted out her right shoulder, and she dropped dead uh, not even like 60 yards away. 
um, maybe 70 yards away. This shows uh, you how tough they are. But that's how the day started. Oh, fucking, fucking A, dude. Deer are so tough. There, there's a big deer I shot last year. I call them hurricanes because um, this this was a giant deer too, bro. He, when you saw him on trail camera, you knew it was him by the body size. Mm-hmm. You didn't even have to, like, see the rack. You just knew by the body which deer it was. And um, I hit him a little low. It, it was a good shot. I mean, I would say it's fatal. Um, I have trail camera pictures from late in like late December that I got of him where you can see the entrance and the exit. And when I send you these pictures later, you're going to be like, how's that not a dead fucking deer? But um, I shot him in the middle of the hurricane that we were having. Like literally it's raining. It's 15 miles an hour wind. It's dumping on me. Um, like October 3rd, I think it was. And, uh, I just hit him just a little bit low. Um, but I thought for sure he would be dead and spent several days in the rain and the wind searching for him. Um, and that's why he's got the name Hurricane, a deer that, uh, he didn't show up on that property until October last year. Um, so uh, I'm I'm hoping sometime around October he will again this year. How many how many buck tags? I'm you, pretty sure. How many tags you get? Go, go ahead. How many tags do you guys get out there? Uh, so we get uh, an archery tag, and then uh, to put it in short, we can get up to three if we buy the bonus tag. Three bucks um, now. Yes. Now I will kind of have to. Kill, if I'm to do it with a bow, I'll have to kill one of them with a bow in gun season or during muzzleloader season, but do it with my bow, which is completely legal in, in Maryland. It's actually last year, uh, last year's buck, the, the, the big niner, um, I shot him with my bow during muzzleloader. Um, he came in, uh, two yearling does. Uh, must have just got the body weight and started coming into heat, um, late December, like the 28th or 29th. Um, and, uh, 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 I think it was a spike or a four, it was a four point and a half rack came in pushing them does. And I almost thought about shooting one of them does just because I wanted some meat. And I thought, you know, Another buck could follow them this evening since they're coming into heat. And I said, I watched them come right out of that bedding area. Maybe I should just hunt that bedding area a couple days and see if something else shows up. Holy fuck, look at the size of that buck coming. (laughs) It was literally, literally the second that I decided I wasn't going to shoot one of those does because a big buck might follow later tonight or the next day. I looked up and I saw a big buck coming from, didn't come from the same direction. Mm-hmm. It came from the aside and, um, you know, uh, busted those two little bucks out of there. And I, I ended up, uh, I shot that deer twice actually. I hit him, uh, square through the liver. Um, you know, completely vital shot, but I, I hit him broadside through the liver. Um, and then he took off. He bolted, stopped about 40 yards. I knocked another arrow and, um, you know, with that lone wolf head, I, I sent it. And even at 40 yards, it went through one shoulder right through the other, makes that loud diaphragm pop 
the arrow buries in the ground, you know, four yards away. Um, like a, it, every deer that I've shot with these broadheads, it blows through the animal as if it's not even fucking standing there. Like I'm having my knocks break mm. because it hits the ground so fucking hard that the knocks are breaking. Um, how many, it, how many it literally grains are just blows through these hundred grains. Hundred grains. But they're huge. Uh-huh. They they're look huge they for a hundred grains. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's because they're all aluminum. Which you think, well, aluminum's just gonna fold. It's soft. What the fuck? But it's it's uh, aluminum oxide coated, which gives the outside a hardness only next to diamond on the Rockwell scale. Mm-hmm. So when you feel these blades, they're you know it's a big what it's a one piece chunk three blade broadhead. When you feel the blades like you run your thumb up and down them, you're like, well, that doesn't really feel sharp. Like, it doesn't feel like you're going to cut yourself, you know? But the point and the tip is so fucking sharp and so hard, and those edges are so hard. When it goes through a deer, it it's like pushing an ice pick through them as opposed to pushing a scalpel through them. Mm. And... One of the reasons I, you know, I was, I, I was actually talking to Andre, um, uh, Andre DeQuisto, uh, just to clarify again, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Um, I was talking to him. I said, dude, I expected there to be more blood out of this buck I just shot, like a better blood trail, because I knew I double lung, like heart of the lungs, double lung blasted him and had a low exit hole. I actually, I mean, I had a great blood trail. I had zero problem following, <laughs> but I actually expected just like a, a bucket dump blood trail. And it didn't have that. Well, when I opened that deer up, I was literally pulling out blood clots that were larger than the liver. I was removing blood clots so big, I was lifting them up with both hands. Hmm. And I have shot a lot of animals. We used to get a lot of tags. I used to even get crop damage tags. Like, I would sometimes shoot 10 deer a year or more with my belt, you know. Tested all kinds of different broadheads. I've even worked with a few different companies with broadheads and shit. And... You only get that type of body coagulation when there is massive airflow. When something rips through so fast and leaves such a big hole, it almost vacuum and implodes, if that makes sense. Like their insides implode from the pressure. And then there's so much oxygen getting in that that blood turns to jello. So that was the only reason I didn't have more of a blood trail, which I kind of expected. It was because all the blood turned to fucking jelly inside. It, it was it was incredible. Right. Um, you know, when, when he says, in, you know, in the promo, they just seem to kill a little bit different. Um, they do. It's it, it's not so much the cutting. It, like I said, it's more like pushing an ice pick than uh than than a blade it's 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 pretty fucking incredible so I'm, I'm quite impressed how, with what do you what's let's we'll go back to that right now in a second but what's your what's your thoughts of shooting like uh a 
a pig or a bear that has more fat than a deer. So you're saying that you, that you shoot them right there and, and you open it up and it was all that butt, uh, blood uh, jelly coagulation, right? Uh, yep. Uh, so what happens, like, you know, you shoot an animal with a lot of fat layer because, you know, obviously the deer don't have really a lot of fat yet. Right. So let me ask you this question. If you push a thin knife blade through a chunk of fat, do you think that has a better chance of sealing up or an ice pick pushed through that layer of fat? Mm. Of fat? So Which th- one you think has the better chance of of actually closing up? Uh, I, you get what I'm good, saying? That's a good analogy, yeah. That's a good one. Exactly why I'm saying it leaves this this hole that isn't this, like, it's not a clean space cut hole. It's this fucking like giant puncture hole. It 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 it's different. Um, what kind of setup are you no, using? Certainly fucking lethal. I know you just said the the heads are a hundred grains. How 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 much grains of your arrow and all that are you shooting? How many pounds are you shooting? Yeah, so I'm not I'm not doing anything crazy. I have a seventy pound bow. It's not even cranked up all the way. It, it, it's turned down just a touch. I think it's somewhere around like sixty eight uh, or sixty nine. Um, because out of the box, it was actually more like seventy two or something. But anyway, it's about sixty eight, sixty nine pounds. Okay. I'm shooting Eastern Axis Arrow with um. Uh, 75 grain insert up front, nothing crazy, and 100 grain broadhead. Um, uh, uh, my total arrow weight—it's not incredible. I think it was just below 500, just below or just below. Oh. I'd have to add it up again because I also have the lighted knock. Um, I'll tell you exactly. I'm not a major tech guy like that. Like. I don't know exactly what my arrow grain weight is. I don't know exactly what my FOC is. is what it, I know is that arrow in my bow at 50 yards, I can't tell the difference between my broadhead and my field tip until I pull them out the target, and they're all in a circle the size of a baseball. Right. You know? and, and the reason why I ask that is I see a lot of people, and I hear a lot of people talking. They're like, oh, you know, we need to pull 90 pounds, blow through, this and that. That's a that's the reason why I asked you that question, Gene. I know you don't you don't give a shit about all that stuff. Oh yeah, dude, and and that that is a major topic of discussion of how heavy an arrow should you be using, right. and should you have the cut on contact, and do you have the two blade, and it, it, even then when it comes down to blade, is it single bevel or double bevel? I mean, and like I said, I've I've tested broadheads and and stuff before for people, and I. I this is something I'm passionate about. Like I, I, I like to examine how I killed something when I do. Um, and yeah, I'm not shooting anything crazy at all. I, I'm shooting a completely what I would think of run of the mill standard whitetail arrow. You know what I mean? Any kind of arrow. Cause I, I think that. So I need to try one of those heads. I mean, shoot. <laughs> yeah, 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 dude, I'm telling you, they're fucking badass. And for, for a hundred grain, they, they're bigger than, than the ones I was shooting that were 125. Right. You know, just because it's aluminum, it can be so much bigger, but the, the precision machining into it and then that, um, anodized coating, dude, these things are just 
they're they're fucking sick. And they're sick. and and they are they're pretty durable then also. So yeah, um, you're not going to resharpen it though, but you don't need to. Like they're at a pretty good price point to where, like even you can take this thing out, go shoot your target, and then pull it out of the target, and you're ready to hunt with it. It's not like a steel where you're going to have to refine that edge and make sure that edge is sharp. You don't want to run your broadhead through a target and then go hunt with them, right? Right. Well, you can with these. Oh. Your target's not going to dull these at all. It's so fucking hard. Nothing's going to take that edge off except for a diamond, diamond plate, you know, or, or a diamond stone, I should say. Um, <clears throat> but if you run it, put it this way, the only way that I've had one deform is, like I said, they blow through the animal so fast it's as if the animal isn't even there, and I bury it into the ground and into a rock, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, which just about any broadhead, you're going to have to at least replace the blades at that point. Right. And this one, you just throw a $20 broadhead, replace the whole thing. No need to replace blades. No need to go sharpen it. No need to, you it's know, a fix, make sure it's a your barrel's still good. It's a yep, fixed head. Yep. Big old, big fucking chunk of a fixed head. Dude, everybody, do you check them out then? I mean, I seen the picture you sent, and I was like, holy shit, what? Is this guy shooting like fucking, what was that guy, Rambo, the fucking, <laughs> when he shot the, the, <laughs> the arrow with those fucking big exploding heads? <laughs> right, right. And, and dude, I, like, I don't know. They, the whole fixed blade and the whole mechanical thing, like, I've killed plenty of deer with folks, right? And I have had um, mishaps with with both deer that I thought should have been dead with the mechanical deer that I thought should have been dead or dead sooner um, with with mechanicals and fixed blades. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I don't use mechanicals anymore because uh, mainly started because of the marsh. Um, it's just so hard on your gear. And the chance of having even just a little bit of fried grass or something in the way, uh, in your shot, it, you know, it, it's just a really harsh environment. So I want, oh, cause um, it'll, it, that, it'll, de- it'll deflect it is what you're saying. Yeah. I mean, you, you could have your mechanical open up in flight or something where, you know, the fixed blade, you, you, you're probably not going to have as much deflection or trouble, you know, obviously I'm not shooting something big that's going to give deflection, but even getting your gear through the marsh and to the tree, like it, I just don't want anything that can move or come loose or anything in transport or in flight because it is such a harsh environment. Um, that's why I, I started shooting pretty much full fixed blades. Right. Right. Mm. Well, I'll be rooting for you when you go up there and shoot one of those bears. I can't wait to see it unless I get them first. <laughs> When's your season? When, <laughs> hey, I'll, I might just get off right now and order a set, too, because bear season starts back here October 14th. It's over right now uh, until the general starts. But, dude, I got nice. I got a spot, dude. Oh, dude, yeah. Well, while you're in bear camp, I'm actually going to be down in the marsh that I was just talking about after sick of deer with the fucking homie Keith. Nice. Nice. 
Yeah, we're, dude, I have been wanting to get Keith down here in the marsh. You know as well as I do. No one fucking works harder to put other people on animals like you. Oh, hands down, when, Hands down. Hands down. You, yep. You're not going to find someone else that works as hard to put other people on deer and other people on the turkey as Keith Chirac. Nope. So when he finally said this year, you know, that kind of is the mid-October. We do have a little bit of a law, you know, and he's, you know, because he's managing deer the way he is and everything, he doesn't have that same pressure, I think, to get one right away and everything. He's like, fuck it, I'm coming to the marsh with you. Right. I've put more time into scouting and getting ready to take him into the marsh than I ever have for another trip. Mm -hmm. I cannot fucking wait to get that dude out there to experience something new like he helps, you know, so many of us do. Like, you know, he's the one that really got me into showing me what fucking turkey hunting is about. Oh, he, they, you know hey, there's mean? a reason why they um, call him the fucking turkey zombie guru for nothing. You know what I mean? <laughs> the turkey zombie, bro. The turkey zombie. You want to know what Keith looks like after fucking turkey season? Watch Walking Dead, bro. That's, yeah. Oh, man. So, hey, so when you're hunting that marsh, you have, you have to have the muck boots and stuff, huh? Uh, depending where you're going, a lot of times muck boots aren't even good enough. You need hip suits. Oh, um, some oh, guys, shit. some guys wear waders. Yeah. But the, the marsh is pretty harsh and it'll tear the fuck out of neoprene. So you don't necessarily want to go wearing your, your neoprene waders in there because you'll get them ripped the fuck up pretty good. Oh, um, I was thinking dude, about it's the harsh water in there. It's all, it's all wet, yeah, right? Yeah. Yeah. Mo most. Most of the time in sicka hunting, your feet are wet or you're you're just outside of water. Like oh. you, yeah, most of the time, uh, pretty much everywhere that I hunt, I I need hip boots to access. And what you you just you access and then you get to your tree and you take them off, or are you hunting in that? All depends. If it's if it's if I plan on doing an all-day sit, sometimes I will take them off and have an extra pair of shoes in my, my pack that I'll put on just so I'm more comfortable. Um, if I'm going in for a morning or an evening hunt, I'll just wear them on stand. Fuck it. Oh. You know? And you, how far? How and far? a lot of times, a lot of times you can maybe even get to a spot and hunt a spot with only muck boots. But where you're going to have to pick that deer up after you shoot it, you're probably going to need at least hip boots. You know what I mean? So the sick of deer, they just love to hang out in the water more, huh? Waterland? So, <laughs> yeah, they're, um, they're actually a, a Japanese elk species. They're not even a deer. They're a Japanese elk species that uh, lived in, like, bog. You know, just they're, they're, they're adapted to and came from wet, harsh, nasty bog environments. So they really adapted well to the salt marsh. Um, and whitetail and, and sicka, they do not get along. 
Mm-hmm. They, they, they do not cohabitat. Um, so they kind of mix at the fringe, like the fringe of the marsh and a little bit of ag, like the, 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 the white tail. I lost you again, dude. Oh my God. Right. He's getting all, getting all juicy in the story and he, we lost him. But guess what, God? We're going to call him right back. I accept it. Are you there? Oh, what? Let me, let me see. Yo, yo. I don't know what happened oh, there. Okay, I, 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 I got him back. I know everybody was like, oh shit, he's right in the middle of the story. Ah! I was too. I was too. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't know if that was mine or yours, but fuck, we're having some tech difficulties. But yeah, the, uh, the whitetails dominate the hardwoods, right? And, and, uh, when I say high ground, I'm talking a foot to two foot above sea level is high ground. Oh. Right? Like, this is, these are the hardest fucking things you'll ever hunt with elevation change of only three feet. And that elevation change of three feet is nut deep in the water or barely just on dry ground. Fuck. Like, you, you get what I'm saying? So but, they're in the so water, like, almost all the time. They're in the water almost all the time. Yeah. And if they're not in water, they are on ground that is soggy and wet still. Right. You know what I mean? So regular right. boots, you, no matter what, ain't going to work over there. No, you, you need at least moth boots, but... You know, sometimes you get lucky and there's a spot you can hunt and have deer and everything that you only need muck boots. But like I said, a lot of times, even if you hunt those spots, you might need hip boots to go retrieve it. Damn, dude. How far, how far from your place to get into sick of love? It takes me about two and a half hours to drive down there. So when I killed that hind the other week, I got up at one o'clock in the morning. I was on the road before 2 a.m. Um, I got down there, met my buddy, and got to the public land that we were going to hunt at around 4.30. I was in the tree, uh, you know, half hour before, probably 40 minutes before sunup, and uh, hunted, all, hunted until probably about 11, 12. I think it was 11 o'clock we climbed down. We did some midday scouting, went to some different areas. Actually went to hunt another spot uh, that was new to us, and it was so dense and fucked up. We literally, we, we've now gotten in over a mile, and we're like, fuck this. And just turned around, walked the entire mile back out, just jumped in the trucks, and drove to another spot. And... um Luckily, the next spot we went to, you know, he had been to before, but hadn't in a few years. So he had a general idea of, of where we wanted to go. And um, we, we got to this one little dry hump that was big enough for us both to stand on. And he's like, all right, see that big tree out there? Yep. See that big tree out there? Yep. Like the only live trees around. He's like. I'll go to one, you go to the other. Like, all right, perfect. Well, I got to that tree and, you know, he hadn't been there in several years. There was nowhere to shoot anymore. That fried grass had overtaken everything. I literally could have had a deer, you know, two feet from me in any direction and would have never had a shot. Like it was, it was Mm. too damn thick. So I just kept 
crashing and pressing on and looking at the map and crashing and pressing on until I got to a spot where that, that I popped a little chubby, dude. I, as soon as I saw this area, I'm like, oh, this looks like the area where I killed my biggest stag at. Like it just, it looked like almost the same thing. And, um, I sat up that evening and I, I could hear a couple other deer around, but I had that big hind come out in front of me and I haven't killed a sick of deer in I think three seasons now. Hey, and you're in a stand um, or just on the ground blind? I, I'm in a stand. I've oh. got, I've got my lone wolf oh, so 0.75. You're, so and, you're carrying uh, all this stick. gear in. Yeah. You're carrying the gear in with you. Oh yeah. Okay. Oh yeah. Um, and this is why do this. This will play into the story too. Um, so I'm in a spot where I can shoot where the ground is just barely high enough that there's a couple hardwood trees, not just pine trees. And I can shoot into a couple holes into the frag. And, um, I had to stick a hind, nice hind, um, within 20 to 30 yards of me for a good half hour and never had a shot. And, um, you know, I, and I told you about my freezer and losing all my meat and everything. So, uh, I wasn't traveling down there to come home. I'm empty handed. I said, you know, I told myself if I have, you know, obviously good opportunity, good shot at a high and I'll take it. And, um, I actually had to wait. Uh, and I, I kept standing up and sitting down in my stand because I had a hole about the size of a basketball that I could shoot through. And it was like, well, if she comes out on this side of that tree, if I'm sitting down, I can take that longer shot. If she comes a little closer and in on that side of this tree, I can stand her steeper angle down through that hole you know what i mean and she kept faking me out like she was going to walk out my shooting lane and then uh you know eventually did and i i had a range at at 28 yards and uh i think she ended up being right there at about 26 27 because i didn't range the animal i ranged kind of that spot you know and um, you, so when you were in your stand, you did you started range finding areas. So you already you were accustomed. You oh yeah, knew. you already knew. Absolutely. Whereas when I get in my stand, if I have a shooting lane or a hole, I pretty much know every range on where I may have a shot now. Just like I told you on that whitetail, I knew at thirty two yards was the creek crossing. Right. I know at 28 yards, I have a spot where he's heading to the scrape. I know that scrape is at 31. You know, like I know, exa- I, I will know my yardages to where I'm going to have a shot. So I knew I'm either going to have to take this shot at between 25 and probably 29 yards, or I'm going to have to sit down and take this shot at about 35 to 38. Which side is this shit? Is she going to come out? So, on, you know? so you're just constantly getting ready to change your pin, or, or you, you? Don't... <laughs> yep, I'm, I'm like standing up, changing my pin, sitting down, changing my pin, because she kept walking right toward it, like she was going to go into it and then turn back around. Mm. 
And it's so hard to see them in there. That's why they call them marsh ghosts. Because you can have one 10 yards away from you and know it's there and never see it. Really? Because that shit can be so thick. Yeah. Mm. They, it, it, you know it's there. You hear it. You see the frog moving, but you never see the deer. It, it's fucking crazy. Um, but she stepped out and, uh, I drew back and because they are an elk subspecies and they're, they're not the same as deer. Their vitals are, they have kind of, their chest is different. Um, and their vitals are lower and more forward. So I, I, what I like to do on a Sika is pin them through the shoulders. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like that's what I want to do is pin them through the shoulders. I want to, if they, I'd really like to even just bury side leg and try to take at least one wheel out from underneath of them. But, uh, I drew back. I felt completely confident in my shot, and uh, I, I put it right on her shoulders. I sent it. It went through her shoulders just below her spine, and, I mean, she dropped like a bag of brick, dude. She literally just dropped right there on the spot. Oh. And, um, yeah, I mean, she hit the ground and barely fucking moved, but just because uh, I could – um, I sent the follow-up shot, you know, uh, I didn't want her to maybe get a second win or an adrenaline burst and take off into that frag. She dropped, she hit the ground. I immediately knocked another one and I sent it kind of right up in the armpit. Like almost looks like I, I shot her from the bottom, but you know, cause she was laying on the ground, a uh, mm-hmm. perfect follow-up shot. Um, but this is where shot it with that it new gets, broadhead. Oh yeah. Oh. And again, it, it fucking, you hear the pop of the diaphragm. It buries right into a fucking log several yards behind her. And she just, she just dropped it. It blew through her as if she wasn't even there. Really? Um, and now I'm in a spot where my body doesn't know where I am because I didn't go to the tree he sent me to. And I'm in a spot that I don't know because I followed him in. But you 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 have everything so, on Onyx Maps, right? And you're doing a tracker and all that stuff, or or you're not doing that. You can, but you don't always have service, so you can save maps and stuff. Yeah, yeah. but um, and you know, I've been hunting all day. I've been using my phone for filming. My battery's getting low. Um, I'm like, okay, I I. No, if I get out to that tree from that area, if I just head that way, I will basically, I, I can see where there's those two trees, and I know that's where we left off from each other. So I now have all my gear, uh, my, my film gear, my stand, my sticks, my bow, you know, my hip boots, everything. Um, and mosquitoes will eat you absolutely alive, uh, you know, when the sun's coming up and going down. So you have to, at that point, I have a full mask, full gloves, everything except my eyes are covered at this point. Need that thermosil. Um, it, it, dude, they laugh at it. You'll die without <laughs> it. 
You need one, and it helps, but they still just kind of, like, fucking laugh at you. Oh. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah. Believe me, I live by thermocell. You you will die if you don't have one out there. But so I, uh, what I did is um, I didn't gutter because I have to walk back through knee-deep to nut-deep water uh, on trails that are about eight to ten inches wide through this frag grass to get back to where my buddy is and I have all my gear and everything, and my thought is, well, if I fall or if it gets too narrow or too dense and I need to set her down, at least then I can float her and she doesn't fill with water. You know what I mean? Right. And um, so I I, I got my, my .75 on my back, my sticks hooked to it, my, my wolf pack loaded with you know, a lot of water. We needed extra water that day because it was like 90 fucking degrees. Um, and, and all my film gear and <clears throat> threw the hind up over my shoulders, just like kind of draped it across my neck and my shoulders, grabbed my bow and just ran like a bull, dude. Just. <laughs> said okay that's the spot i gotta get to and then from that tree i gotta go that way and i just kept crashing and barreling through and <clears throat> i got to about 20 30 feet from that island a uh, little hump where he and i separated and two or three times you know i'd step on a, a down log or just a deeper hole and go down almost sideways and kind of catch that deer without it dropping off my shoulders, get it squared back up on my shoulders, and basically do like, you know, like a squat and and lift her back up. So at this point, I've done several squats with this deer and all my equipment and walking through nut-deep marsh for, you know, quarter mile to a half mile. And I literally got to the point where my legs were like, quivering as they're like sinking in this mud and I'm trying to keep balance and uh I was like dude you gotta grab her and take her this like last 25 feet and set her on that tree or I gotta put her in the water and just fucking deal with it then he's like all right hold on hold on so he grabbed her off my shoulders and got her to the log and you know my my legs literally gave out and I'm like, all right, got a sip of water, and I'm about to die by mosquitoes, so put everything back on. Um, he took my backpack for me. Um, he, he put my backpack on his chest and then put his backpack on like normal. And then uh, I took that hind, and um, uh, we, we got her there um, on that dry log. <clears throat> got her, and then I actually strapped her to my tree stand. So that the the lone wolf tree stands, the lone wolf custom gear, they work as a frame pack. You know, you have the one point Yeah. Um yeah. So I, I locked that seat into place so it was like a frame pack. I set her on top of it. I used the strap that I would use to strap the stand of the tree to, you know, use the different uh gear tie down points in the stand and I tied that sicko right to my stand and grabbed my bow and said, Let's go. And, um, you know, what he normally does is takes his gear out, goes back in, 
butchers the animal, puts it in game bags, puts it in a frame pack, and brings it out. And he's like, dude, uh, after that, he, he he's already ordered a point five. Put it that way. After after he saw how well it worked as a frame pack, and he's like, it's only a pound and a half heavier than a saddle platform. He's like, I I, I see the power of the point five in a saddle, bro. <laughs> yeah, oh yeah, um, oh yeah, yeah, for sure. I, it seems like there's a lot of guys doing it now, especially uh, you know, um, I get the privilege uh, of. Uh, of being a speaker at some of the mobile uh, mobile hunter roadshow um, events that that Cody and Lone Wolf and Onex and Hoyt and, and some other great brands are are all part of. Um, I get to be a guest speaker at a lot of those events, and um, you know, just talking to a lot of the different guys and girls. Um, you know, the hybrid hunting certainly seems to become the becoming more and more of a thing. So it's pretty cool. I mean, I realize the utility in it. And, uh, you know, even you know, people on social media will make fun of you because, you know, they've, they've watched some YouTube videos or read some shit on Facebook. They're like, why do you have a stand if you have a saddle? Why do you take both? Blah, blah, blah. You know? Because I'm a fucking killer and I need to be where I need to be to kill shit and watch. It's going to work. And now instead of fucking people making fun of me, they're doing it too, you know? Hey, Um, so when you're in those those deep dishes all the time, do you always take the animal out whole or you never debone it? Are you allowed to debone it out there? So you are allowed to debone it out there if you register it. And... The problem, not just tag it, there, there's two separate processes in Maryland. One, you have to tag it, so you have to attach a physical tag to the animal, and you have to do that immediately, like right, right where it is, before you got it or anything, you, you, you tag it. Then once you get it out, you then have 24 hours to register it, but you are not allowed to butcher it or remove the proof of sex until it's registered. So the problem with down there, as I said, a lot of times you don't have service. You may be relying on one uh, X saved map or not even able to get a hold of your hunting partners. So you say, hey, we'll meet back here. This is where we're separate. This is where we'll meet. You know, that type of shit. And, um, so you're in an area where you can tag it and then get on your phone and register it. Then you are allowed to butcher it and pack it out. But if you can't get somewhere to register it first, it's it's illegal to butcher that animal or, or even remove proof proof of sex before you have it registered with the state of Maine. And is that just for the Sitka or any, any animal? That's any animal. Oh. Um, well, any big game species that requires a tag. Oh. Let me say that. Any big game species that requires a tag. How many of those sick tags you're allowed a year? As many? Because they're like invasive, I guess? Um, so even though they are non-native, um, and I guess you could consider them invasive, they don't really, they're not a nuisance in any way. They're not invasive to the point where they're a nuisance um so in maryland 
they don't have they they have a management plan for them. So there is a, a set number of tags and um uh for Heinz uh and and for the stags. You know, you do have a set number. I think it's uh two Heinz per season and one stag per season. Oh. Uh but they're per, tough per to, like per weapon class. But season. they're tough to get one um, though, right? Oh yeah. It's it's not easy. There there's a a lot of people come to the marsh because they saw fucking meat eater do it. And I'm not taking away from Steve Rennell or, or that hunt. Um, those guys are some of the fucking best guys out there. He's actually one of the most fascinating people in the world to me, Steve Rennell. But anyway, um, <laughs> their, their hunt made it look super easy. It, it like they were at a place that was established for sick of hunting. You know, they had. They had paths, they had sands, they had trails. It's a lot different when you go out public land and you're thrown into the mix of all this shit um, and you're you're doing it for yourself. So a lot of guys see YouTube videos of it or they saw Steve Rinella do it and they want to come try. And I understand that, but there's uh, a lot of guys that just never come back. Um the, the bugs defeat them. The, the, the environment defeats them. How hard it is to find these little critters, uh, defeats them. How hard it is to find them after you shoot one. Um, I mean, I had one. I know for a fact it was dead. I couldn't find it. it we, we had what was called a king tide come in, which I'd never even really heard of, but the tide came in to where several of the streets down there were even underwater. Oh, shit. Um, I, I, dude, I shot this deer in the morning and I was hunting with two of my buddies. I shot this deer in the morning and I'm like, fuck, I'll hang out in the tree a couple more hours. Um, you know what I mean? And I look down and I'm like, where in the fuck's my arrow? And realize the water has come up a foot in like the past three hours. And. I, I never did find that animal. I know it was dead, uh. but it was underwater somewhere. Um, one, uh, I know a guy that shot a great stag and he couldn't find it. He knew he, and he shot with muzzleloader and he, he knew it was dead. And two weeks later, a guy went out same near area and was like, dude, did you said you couldn't find a stag, right? He's like, it, it's right here. And where he told him where it was, well, what happened? That area happened to be underwater at that point, you know? Oh, fuck. Um, yeah. So it, that I'm telling, like, these are some of the coolest fucking critters, but they are in a miserable fucking spot to hunt them at. How, um, big, how, how much meat you get off one of those? They're not as big as a whitetail, man. A big, a big stag, like, an insane stag will be like 150 pounds of meat. Um, or no, oh no, live live weight walking oh. around. Oh, shit. um, for the most part, you know, like my first stag was probably my first six point stag. And the other thing about these, they they can live 20 some years, so you can have a a spike that's a five year old. Oh shit. Yeah, and that deer may weigh 60, 70 pounds. You know, um, yeah, yeah. So 
your your old stags that are you know teenagers um they can get up to a hundred maybe and even little over a hundred but that's that's about what you're looking at so when you're, you're go- basically imagine imagine taking a a a, a thousand pound elk all the fucking attitude and everything else of it and shrinking it down into an 80 to 100 pound version of itself. <laughs> They're just as fucking ornery. They scream. They like to fight, you know, but they're just teeny little versions, you know? <laughs> they're right. fucking awesome. <laughs> so when you're going but into it's a, hard as fuck. So, so it's hard you, as fuck. Do, do they have, uh, like, uh, you know, like you're telling your, your white tail story or your buck, do they have scrapes too, or do they, do they do that too, or are you just trying to find trails that look beaten down, or? So they don't have scent glands like whitetails do. Whitetails have scent glands in their hooves. They have scent glands in their hocks, in their legs. They use their urine as scent. They have the, you know, the, the forehead gland and preorbital gland. And, you know, then they chew on the branches because they have glands by the corners of their mouths and shit. You know, um, these elk, uh, sick of deer, even though they're uh, elk subspecies, they do not. So what they do, just like a fucking big old nasty bull elk, rips the ground up, makes a wallow, pisses and rolls around in it. That's what these little fuckers do too. So so when you so, so they, when you got they, to that area where they, you shot that hind, like how do you know that was a fucking that was the deal? How do you know that was Sitka Hotel over there? So, man, you're asking for some of my secrets, bro. Oh shit! Okay. Um, <laughs> we, we can wait till off the air. <laughs> I, I, I don't mind sharing some. Um, I like, and this goes for whitetail hunting too. I like to hunt transition. Mm-hmm. I like to hunt where one type of environment changes into another type of environment. Um, just like I told you, I went in to kill that doe and where I was was this little area of is very small, but area of semi-open woods between a cornfield and between a marshy area with with a stream bottom. Right, so I've got three different types of ground right there. I've got the cornfield, I've got the semi-open woods, and then I've got the real thick shit. And I was right right there in the edge of it. So this spot that I found. I was right on the edge of some of the thickest frag grass that you, you couldn't see six inches through, right at an area where the frag grass was a little more sparse and um, thinner because the water got deeper, but the, the sickle was still traveled through it. Mm. And I was also right on the edge of a spot that was just, high enough to where it had a holly tree and a chestnut oak growing on it. So the fact that it wasn't just pine trees, there was actually a couple hollies and then there was that chestnut oak. And I was like, they are not going to let a little teeny source of oaks out in the middle of a salt marsh go to waste. Um, but it was because I, I had those, 
kind of three different types of environment right mm-hmm. there. Um, and, and same with that buck I told you. There was that kind of open hillside where's the hickory and the oaks. Then right there by the stream, it got super dense and everything. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I was kind of right there in the mix of that. That That's, I mean, just think if you go walk somewhere, where do you walk? The edge of the field and the edge of the wood. You walk the edge of the stream. You walk, you know, you, yeah. we, we naturally use transitions and edges as, as travels. Um, and, and deer and, and elk and, you know, most things in nature do as well. Dude, that's freaking like dope, dude. <laughs> How many years did you go before <laughs> you got a, uh, got one? How many years have you been hunting those? <laughs> you, you, you ready for those? Yeah. It, it took me six years to kill one. Six years. And I know it you, you put in years. work, dude. Now, well, this is, that's, <laughs> this is why I was going to preface it. <laughs> um, <laughs> the first, the first two years I went, once, maybe twice a year with rifle, with some guys taking a boat to an area, and that was about it. And it was after my second year of going down there and, like, whatever, that I was like, all right, next year I'm killing one of these fuckers. No, just wait until someone else is going down in rifle season and, like, know something, like, I'll figure it out. Uh, I'm, I want to kill one of these fuckers. And from there, that next year, I I had one hind that I saw and never could get a shot. And I had another hind that was super close that, you know, any other animal, any other environment, I would have had a shot, but never did get a shot on her. Um, and then it was another two years after that, you know, before... I, uh, I eventually got, uh, and my first one was actually a six point stag, which a lot of people will hunt these little critters for a lifetime without getting a six pointer. Um, you know, so I was extremely ecstatic. I killed my first six point, uh, first sicka being a six point stag with a muzzle loader and out there on my own. How, how um, would it be? You know, how, like you're walking through and you need these, uh, these fucking hip waders you're talking about. You know, you're walking in the water up to your knees and all that stuff. You just said that. How, how, how would it be to just pull one of those little, like, uh, like snow sleds, you know, like, you know, those little tiny sleds with a little rope. Would that, I mean, would that work? A jet flood can be invaluable in certain places, bro. Like, yes. And actually that first stag that I killed, that first six point stag with muzzleloader, I had all my gear, my muzzleloader, you know, all my shit all inside a little jet sled that I pulled out there into the marsh with me and picked a spot. Now, a lot of the spots that I go to now, Again, I'm starting to give away some shit. Um, <laughs> a lot of the spots that I go to now, the only way to get there is to take the trail of Sitka. Oh. And the trail of Sitka deer, it's in that, you know, eight to ten foot tall grass. Mm-hmm. And then it's a trail six to eight inches wide. 
that you don't know if it's one inch deep of water or four foot deep of water. You just start walking. <laughs> That's fucking crazy. Um, <clears throat> and it's called black water for a reason. Why? Like that's the national refuge down there is black water because mm-hmm. the water's fucking black. Oh, like, okay, it's like you're looking into coffee. Oh, like, yeah, yeah. It, it, do you get? Do you, do you ever get and, stuck in the mud as you're walking? Like, oh fuck yeah. Oh, so you, fuck yeah. So you every have, other step, man. Oh, so you every have, other fucking step you're getting stuck in shit. That's why I was so close to falling over with that hind so many times and everything and I literally got to the point where my legs were quivering and I'm like I'm going to lose a boot and fall the fuck over if I try to take one more step like you got to grab this deer or fuck it I'm dropping her in the water and I'm floating her the rest of the way she better start um, doing some yeah dude it's it, 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 <laughs> it, 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 it is and literally as we're doing it I was even saying I was like dude like there is something wrong with us <laughs> this is miserable as fuck. Like, I am miserable right now. I am beaten down. I'm fucking bleeding. I'm cut. Mosquitoes are fucking killing me. I can't breathe with this damn mask on. Like, this is miserable as fuck. And I can't wait to do this with you again. What the fuck is wrong with us? <laughs> <laughs> it's it's like, in us. It's in us. You know, and at that point, you know, at that point when I met him and ha- ha- now have it gutted and now have it on my back, we still have another quarter mile of walking through knee deep water and muck. And, and here's the other thing. You're in knee deep water. And then there's a tree under the water all of a sudden that's only two inches under the water. Well, you don't fucking know it until you kick it. Right. Because you can't see it. So, like, it's just, it's extremely tough. Um, And that's why so many people come try it and very few return to do it again. But um, it is also so fucking beautiful, dude. It is one of those... I don't know. There's just something about it. Like it, it, you know, like, like the top of a fucking mountain. Like, is it worth all the brutal activity going all the way up to the top of the mountain? Is it really that much different? Well, when you get there, it is, you know, the, right. it's just, it's just something fucking about it. I mean, and it's, I don't know. Maybe that's just what's deep in our DNA and, why we didn't stay stuck on one island as a species, but what's on the other side of that river? What's on the other side of that mountain? What's on the other side of that lake that I can't even see across? You know, right. what, what, what's around this next bend? What, where is that next clearing? Like what? I don't know. It's just the shit that you either got it or you don't. I think that that's for sure. Man. What's, what, what's the seasons out for that? When's the season? Is it all year long for that? No, it's the same as our whitetail season. So oh. it starts in September and ends in January. Oh. Um, but now Delaware, which if you don't know geography, Delaware attaches right to Maryland and right down there by these, you know, near these salt marsh areas at, at the coast. Um, there are sick of deer that make it to Delaware. Now, Delaware does not have a management plan. Delaware has an eradication plan. If you see a sick of deer, you kill it, you check it in with your whitetail tag, and they issue another whitetail tag. Oh. 
<clears throat> so you can whack the fuck out of them. It, 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 I should say, as far as I know, unless regulations have changed. <laughs> so don't, don't take me, you know, if you're going to go hunt Delaware, <laughs> make sure you look up the fucking regulations, fuckers. But <laughs> don't be like, oh, modern sounds. I mean, I can whack these. <laughs> um, I just whack and pack 20 of them. He said I could. It's good. Uh, <laughs> No, but they, they have more of an eradication plan because they are non-native. They are invasive. Uh, where Maryland, there's a, a culture and a heritage that's now been built around these sick deer for, oh. for over a hundred years. You know, um, yeah, like, like they, they got released into this marsh from a fucking traveling circus of all things. It's a crazy little story, but they got released on a little island and made it from that island in an extreme low tide to the mainland and then established themselves in this marsh. And, you know, there, there's been guys hunting this, these sick deer, it, it is uh, an ingrained culture in, in, you know, the eastern shore of Maryland. It's, it's part of, you know, guys have been doing it for, for a long fucking time now, several generations. Um, there's some guys, they could give two cares less about a whitetail. It's all about the sick deer. Oh, no shit. Oh, for sure. For sure, man. Oh, dude, that's sick, dude. Hey, out of all the animals yeah. that you like to hunt, what do you like to hunt the most and the best? What's your favorite animal to go after? I know you do it all, dude. dude. Um, white tail with a bow. Um, I don't know if it's because of how many hours I put into it. I don't know if it's because of how many hours I've envisioned it. Um, you know, whitetail with a bow is just, I don't think there's anything quite like it. That being said, sick of deer is very fucking close because mm. they, I mean, it's like white, I mean, it's like you're deer hunting, except they also scream and make noise like elk and they, they don't. Here, here's a little tip. I won't say this is, you know, a secret of mine or giving away my <laughs> tips, but here's something to consider with them. Um, you know, whitetail have an area that they bed and they feed, and they typically typically go from food to bed, bed to food, um, and, and have water in that mix somewhere, right? Mm -hmm. deer are like elk in the fact that they're nomadic. They have a large range that they will cover. They'll walk around and eat. When they get tired, they bed down on a spot that they can find and they're, they're fucking dry. And then they'll get up and they'll move and they'll eat. So it's not like, oh, he's bedding right here and coming right here to feed like you can pattern a whitetail. You can, I'm not saying you can't pattern Sitka because you can, but they are much more nomadic and just kind of, travel around and cover a a large area that they roam versus going destination to destination like a whitetail. Right. Have you hunted elk before? Um, so I haven't. It's a dream of mine, dude. Oh. 
I, I, I can't wait to. And New Zealand, red stag with a bow. I told you when you first went to do that, I said, dude, that, that, that is one of my absolute like dream hunts. Like even over going to Africa, everything, uh, going to hunt a, a New Zealand red stag with, with a bow. Is is definitely up there on the fucking. We should do. We should plan something next year. Like go do an elk hunt. You know, I mean, obviously New Zealand's a little bit more pricier. You know, the the ticket and all that. But hey, dude, uh, an elk hunt's doable, dude. Oh, I absolutely want to. You know, and what was planning to? Hell, shit! I was supposed to go to Africa and film. I was going to film Tim Wells in Africa. Yeah, and actually get to hunt. And then the plan was, uh, after we got back, I was going to fly out to Illinois. Um, I think Sydney was going to pick me up, take me back to, uh, Tim's place. And I was going to jump right in Tim's truck and take his truck from, uh, Illinois down to New Mexico with, uh, the, with the hunting gear he needed for elk. And the film equipment for Elk, and I was going to get film him shooting a bull, and then if he got one early, I'd potentially get to to get an elk on in down there in New Mexico. But um, I wasn't getting fucking COVID shot, so right wasn't allowed to fly and everything. So um, you know, uh, I, I I didn't get to make those trips, but um, yeah. Well, you know they it, say it might one, still happen. Who knows? You know what they I say: should... one door shuts, another opens, baby. Yeah, fucking <laughs> right. I ain't worried about it, man. I, I I'll make it happen again. And you know, Tim is a fucking awesome dude. Like, um, he he and I clicked well, connected well ever since we first met. And then you know he came out to to bowfish with us. Uh, you know us and 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 working class outdoorsmen. Um. Captain Nick Mather, best fucking boat fishing captain there is. Um, just go look at the fucking record. Right. Um, but, you know, had a great time when Tim came out for that, and then Sydney came out for, for filming for Barstool Sports for that. Um, you know, T- Tim's a good dude. We get along well. So I, I have a feeling him and I will, will, will be, you know, sending arrows at something sometime again. That would be dope, right? Yeah. Yeah, man, he's, he's, he is, he is a unique human, man, with a very honed and unique skill. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm sure you know, he, he shoots with no sights. He shoots with his fingers. Yep. Um, you know, so no release, no sights, but even bow fishing with him, right? Like we're, we're at some points we're we're into dozens of fish at a time and, you know through the night we're going through hundreds of catfish right and he's sitting there and we're having fun and he's plucking them and we're filming and we're you know we're making his video and everything but when he decides he's serious and he draws back and bears down on that fucking bow Dude, it's almost it's almost like a fucking automated machine. Hmm. He the way he draws, anchors, 
aim. Drop the arrow, you know, to shoot low for the bow fishing. Let's go. Follows through. It is so systematic and precise. You know, when we're just sitting there having fun and flinging arrows, you know, he's, he's a great shot even then, but it's just different. But when he decides he's serious and like, you know, he, he, he's killing what he's drawing back on. Dude, it is something special to watch how almost automated and mechanical he is because of his pure skill and his practice. It's a pretty trippy that he fucking spears things too, right? <laughs> Lockmaster. <laughs> yeah, let, let's make it harder. Let's spear shit. No, let's make it harder. Let's blowgun shit. Did you see his video where he blowguns a bear? No. Yeah, bro. No, I did he not see that. Sits down on the ground and sets the blowgun on a, a little branch in front of him so he doesn't have to lift the blowgun up and shoots a big fucking black bear at like, I don't know, four yards away. He's a fucking madman. That blowgun that good? It went through the fucking bear and killed it. <laughs> oh, it, went, it blew through the bear? Yeah. Oh, shit, dude. He killed the bear, yeah. I don't know if it was a full pass-through, but, I mean, the the dart fully buried all the way into the bear and was a completely lethal shot. Yeah, absolutely. Well, dude, I would think about getting something like that, but, dude, they're illegal to have here in California of all places. <laughs> Good old California. Yeah, but... uh, what, what's not in California? What's not illegal out there, bro? Oh, meth but, and hookers. They're legal. <laughs> I was just going to say, drugs and prostitution. Those are cool, too, but... <laughs> Son of a bitch. Oh, man. You know what, dude? We're going on three hours, dude. I appreciate you so much, dude. We we have to make a part two. We'll have to do a part yeah, two. Hey, man, I'm game. Like, it's been a long time since we got to talk, bro. Uh, I, I know you got wrapped up with with Hunt Wars and, and life. And, like, dude, I am seriously, like, I am so proud of you for... for you know, losing 80 fucking pounds and like you look different. I can tell you feel different. Oh, like yeah. I, I, I'm really proud of you for that fucking grind, bro. Thank but you, yeah, man. it's been too long since we got to fucking hang out. You know, when it comes to just fucking talking, hunting and bullshit, I'm game anytime. Oh, man. I can keep I, going I, and I, going. Uh, I mean, this is just like, oh yeah, shit. I, was sure. like, I just looked down. I was like, oh shit, three hours. It feel like only like 30 minutes, right? <laughs> Yeah, dude, I, like I said, I can do this all the time, too, so we'll, we'll definitely do a fucking whack em and pack em part two, baby. Yeah, baby. Everybody, check out my man Garrett, Modern Assassins, dude. This guy, you, you guys just heard it. You guys see how legit this guy is? You know what it is. Raw, real, no bullshit, and that's what that was today. Make sure you guys Raw, go real, out. no bullshit. Yeah, check out Wild Edge, dude. Get the saddle. My buddy Ryan told me today that we're going to get a promotion code going so you guys can get the West Coast package, dude. Yeah, dude. Check out that. Get a kennel. RMEF Vegas. Woo! And also, if you guys have that veteran first responder, uh, Send an email to me, chatapillar222, gmail.com, dude, so we can uh, get it going. I, we, me and Dwight, we thought about it, and uh, 
we want to give back a little bit too. That's what we're all about. My man ain't here today because he's with his son for his 21st birthday. But, dude, don't worry. The Ebony and Ivory will Cheers. Be back. Happy 21st. <laughs> Thanks, everybody. Yeah. Welcome. And.